Blog Talk Radio. To Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. everybody welcome to our new time and date here on a thursday afternoon the 18th day of of course march and i tell you it has been one of those wild days if you're in the south and you've been tracking the storm that's come all the way from the alabama to the south carolina area it's been uh, one of those days and not everybody has seen what they thought they would see and well others are seeing it well right now i know in the charlotte area there's a lot of weather up in that area that's kind of uh, going back and forth uh, there's a lot of things, again, better safer than sorry, and that's kind of my answer to a lot of social media, a lot of people beating up on those who sent their kids home early or, or maybe this, that, and the other. But to me, again, would you rather be home being thankful that the sun's out or would you rather be sitting in your car somewhere as you're flying across the top of the town because you're in a, a tornado or something to that effect? But nevertheless, if you are in the midst of it, yeah, we pray for you. If you've gone through it, we'll do that as well. But tonight, for three solid hours, we'll be bringing you a ton of entertainment here with a five-star guest lined up. As I'm Rich Yeldon, alongside Eugene Benton. And again, Eugene, we've done a great job putting together a very, very good uh, group of men and women coming in here from the athletes to the coaches as we start off at 630. As the bus is almost pulled up to North Central High School up there with Caleb Haven. He's a state champion wrestler. 7 p.m., the head coach, athletic director, Coach Williams, Myrtle Beach Prep, will be checking in here with us once again. We'll be checking in with him and seeing what's happening up there on the Grand Strand. They may be going through it, by the way. 7.30, head coach, athletic director, Coach Hollins from Pillion High School will be hanging out with us. At 8 p.m., Thomas Snipes, state championship wrestler up there in Hillcrest. Excited to talk to him, see how his life is going since he's won that state championship. At 8.30, Ian McKnight state championship wrestler from Hillcrest as well. So we'll be at Hillcrest for the hour and three with two different state championship wrestlers, Eugene. Good job setting all this up. And, again, just trying to give these guys and girls, as we had uh, a basketball champion and a wrestling champion on Monday, we just continue to try to, you know, entertain those listening with our amazing young athletes and coaches around the state. Yeah, and we may actually have uh, Dave Shelton join us uh, at 6'10". He's uh, 
kind of in between things that he might be able to join us. So we'll see, uh, you know, talk a little low country uh, baseball. You know, he's been kind of the, uh, in all the baseball games. I know there was a massive game. Uh, well, I think it was last night that came down to a one to nothing decision by Kane Bay. Now I want to know who that Kane Bay pitcher was because if he held the Somerville lineup, which is probably one of the, probably got to be one of the top, top, if not the top 10 lineups in South Carolina history at, at the plate, uh, kept them in check and held them to zero runs. You know, that I want to know who that is, who that starting pitcher was, because that's been a phenomenal job. But, uh, Dave, you know, this time of year, he's, uh, out and about covering softball and baseball and maybe even a little track. So um, hopefully he'll be able to join us. He said he was going to try to see if he could move some things around and get to us in time. Um, but it is a great show. Uh, definitely looking forward to hearing some of these wrestler stories. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, are, are multiple-year uh, state winners and um, come from very good programs, obviously, with the Hillcrest guys. You know, we've had Coach Espo on the show with us. Um, and then – the first gentleman uh, is kind of interesting. He played football for our team and was part of the Junior Bowl. Uh, and then when I, I saw him wrestling, he was wrestling for North Central High School. So I talked to him about it and said he actually had transferred. So everyone gets more information about that. But, um, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, you don't hear about North Central High School a lot. It's up in Kershaw County. Um, so, you know, definitely interested to see him. Uh, come in, but apparently he's one of those guys that's just won multiple titles and and tons and tons of mat times and and, and uh, definitely looking forward to that. Again, like you mentioned, uh, Coach Williams from Murder Beach Prep. As many people seen, you know, they put it out there and said, "Look, man, you know, our roster's filling up. We got uh, we're full at, and listed all the positions, and then said, you know, we're still looking for certain other positions." So I reached out to him today, but well, let's get you back on. Let's talk about the roster. We have what's going on. And those have been upgrading some stuff. They bought some new travel buses uh, recently. Um, so we'll definitely get him in. And then, of course, we hit up the Lexington County. Uh, I've been by this high school. I've never been on campus. I've actually kind of been just right out in front of it at Pillion High School, the athletic director and, and head coach. Uh, so definitely looking forward to getting those guys in. I, that little pocket there with Pillion and our good friends at Gilbert, you know, in that area, that's, that's some good 3A ball. And um, definitely looking forward to it this year. You and I will get to see them uh, maybe up close and personal come playoff time. We'll definitely see, you know, those guys as well as Camden, uh, Dylan, and some others. So um, definitely looking forward to the big-time show, and uh, we'll get this thing kicked off as we have. We'll uh, definitely be behind the screen, you know, taking calls and punching the all the updates on uh, social media, as well as tracking anything that we need to share out with our visitors. Just want, I mean, listeners want to remind everybody, you know, that it's Thursday and it's a little weird. The NCAA tournament does kick off in about a little less than an hour, I think, on, on the uh, four-letter network. Um, but this isn't the big day that we're used to. We're used to Thursday being, you know, what uh, something like 16 games. Uh, I think it's only going to be a couple games tonight. Tonight's the quote-unquote play-in games. Uh, Friday tomorrow starts the massive tournament schedule. So uh, we'll definitely keep up with some of those scores as well and then and, uh, inform the listeners uh, throughout the show. Now, the young man that, uh, of course, Eugene, you mentioned, uh, again, what a battle it was yesterday. Uh, you know, uh, Somerville, of course, uh, one of the hot teams in the state of South Carolina in high school baseball. They are loaded with uh, Division One talent. I know Coach Sharpie has uh, talked highly about this group for the last four years, and that's the senior class that he'll have this year. 
But, boy, they run into a very impressive group of young men over at Kane Bay. They actually hosted Kane Bay, if I'm not mistaken. And it was the junior right-handed pitcher, Hunter Coleman, allowed only three hits, nine strikeouts, counted up, nine, and has tied the series one and one. Game three tomorrow night. That's Friday night at Kane Bay. You might want to make a road trip. The other game that I thought was pretty good, and the team that you want to watch is uh, is Berkeley. Boy, I tell you, the Stags played Fort Dorchester yesterday, and uh, boy, they uh, Berkeley is locked and loaded. You know, my heart goes out to Ronnie Sayers because uh, the Patriots over Fort Dorchester had a very very good team last year, but because of COVID, it was well not a season they got to see. Uh, so he actually saw his seniors graduate. You know, we heard that at Saluda. I think Saluda had a record amount of about 12 seniors on their staff. You know, so your heart kind of goes out. I talked to the uh, to the head softball coach over at uh, West Ashley this morning, and uh, he said the same thing. He had three very incredible young athletes who uh, really, honestly, could have taken them pretty far down into the playoffs. But now, you know, you got to work with what you have. Not that they're not good, but, again, you know, like I know, Eugene, again, that, that nucleus, that uh, makes a huge difference in the lineup of nine. And then your bench, of course, makes up the substitutions. But, uh, again, like you mentioned, uh, it is, of course, uh, March Madness. It tips off tonight. I guess we could call it Big Thursday here on Southern Sports Central. And uh, we're excited about that. got some other announcements that are going to be happening here and around uh, the the world of uh, Southern Sports Central. So you want to kind of stay tuned to what's going on here. Make sure you're following us on our Facebook page. That's, of course, uh, at Southern Sports Central. And on Twitter, at SO Sports Central, we're doing it over there on the gram. That's, of course, at Southern Sports Central as well. Here's something that got brought to me yesterday. Uh, this young lady does an incredible job in the community here in Charleston. She actually does it all over the state. But her uh, organization is I Serve With Joy. Of course, uh, she presents the inaugural aim for the Sky Charity. That's a softball game happening on Saturday. Joy, the Defenders versus the North Charleston Police Department in support of the fight against breast cancer and many other cancers that affect our community. Now, the team at 11, first pitch is at 11.30. This is going to be at 2674 Bonds Avenue, if I'm not mistaken. That's North Charleston address over there. They're going to be giving away some free stuff. So not that you shouldn't go to support the cause, but when they're feeding you, you might want to go and enjoy the entertainment from the beginning to the end. But, of course, uh, we did some stuff with uh, – I served with Joy back before, right during the uh, the pandemic, as uh, I met her and Edmund Robinson, of course, plays for the Atlanta Falcons and a bunch of other great and just incredible folks as we were at a church handing out uh, a lot of the necessities, uh, the, the ins and outs of things. Look at this. Oh, do we have a big-time guest. Let's bring in David Shelton and Sal. Like that, Dave Shelton answers the call, and he's with us now on Southern Sports Central. Of course, he's the guru in high school sports around the great state of South Carolina. David, I hope you're safe from the drizzle, my friend. It's dangerous out here. Keep an eye on the sky. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> I saw your tweet. That's what I'm like. If we get them on, you know, <laughs> I'm going to poke the bear. Canceling but, uh, school, man, canceling what? sporting events. Cancel, cancel, cancel. Every time we, there's a threat of rain, it's just a little ridiculous. 
I mean, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's bad somewhere, but it wasn't bad here. <laughs> Not here at all. And it makes you mad when you, you call somebody and you're talking about it and there's sun shining on you and you're thinking, well, I guess, okay, I got it. But here's what's happening is I think e-learning is going to give us an easy out. I think it's not going to test us like it used to. And here's my thing. I guess we weren't quite as safe as we used to be in the hallway with that big book over our head when the, when the tornadoes used to come in around the 90s. Huh? Just not as uh, – I guess that didn't work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Squat, squat <laughs> in the – uh, bring your knees up to your chest and and uh, I guess pray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Now, David, you got to see a heck of a game yesterday. I'm sure there was a lot of prayers going in the stands on Somerville and Kane Bay and a team that you know well as Kane Bay and of course Somerville. Man, what a great job by that young man, uh, the pitcher who ended up doing a job on the, the Somerville Wave, Hunter Coleman, the uh, right hand pitcher from uh, Kane Bay. Tell us about this matchup and, and how big this game is, do you think, going forward? Well, I mean, Somerville is the number one team in the state, and they're clearly very, very good. Uh, Kane Bay has got one senior. Um, they're, they're very young. Uh, Hunter Coleman, the young man that pitched yesterday, is a junior uh, right-handed guy that's got a – I don't know if you saw the highlights from Kevin Billadu, but his curveball is big league. And, uh, you know, it's high school hitters struggle to hit – Pro hitters struggle to hit good curveballs, so uh, he was on. He was spotting his fastball very well. He's a you know a low to mid 80s guy, but that curveball is really fantastic. And uh, you know, but Somerville is is still you know they're the better team. Uh, but you know, good pitching beats good hitting most nights. And and Coleman had a great night on the mound, and and Somerville only mustered like three hits. Um, so they each won a game. Um, they play tomorrow. And I, I would imagine that Somerville will be angry and will probably win that game. Um, you know, like I said, they're they're the better team. They're they've got some really good players, Cole Messina and his brother and uh PJ Morlando. I mean, they've got some really good players, so um but you know, it was Kane Bay's night. I mean they didn't they didn't tear it up offensively either. They only got three hits. But uh but they didn't give up any runs and I don't. I don't. I'm not. I, I, I'm not a baseball expert, but I say that if you don't give up any runs, you're probably going to win. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say, and one run makes a big difference, and there one point in, in any sport is always a, a big deal. Now let's talk about the other team uh, that I feel like in Berkeley County is going to make a lot of noise, and that is Berkeley, the Stags. They played, I believe, Fort last night, but they got some guys that can just, quite frankly, just jack it out of the park at an eagle swing there. Uh, tell us about where you think Berkeley is after a little bit of action this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Berkeley is one of the better teams in the low country. I think them, Somerville, Oceanside, Bishop England, uh, Wando, I think those are the top five teams, and Berkeley's right there in the mix. Uh, got a veteran club, got a lot of seniors. Um, they got pretty good pitching, um, but they really do swing it very well. J.P. Proctor is the leadoff guy and sophomore and uh, Clemson commit and home run last night to lead off the game and he's got good pop and he's a very good very good hitter for a young guy and uh but they got a guy jesse free at plays third base it's a really good hitter mark russell behind the plate is a really good hitter and they got a freshman mason salisbury who kind of plays first and catches some uh that kid can hit um so i mean they've, they've got the makings of a of a of a contending team i mean they're, they're probably them and wando will probably decide the region seven race uh, I think everybody else is, is sort of playing for third in that region, uh, including Kane Bay. Uh, 
Um, but, uh, you know, when you go, when you go statewide, you know, Somerville and, and Wando and Berkeley are going to, you know, they're going to find some really good teams. You know, the Bice Woods, the Lexingtons, the River Bluffs, Dutch Forks, uh, teams like that are, are, are very good, very talented. Uh, 5A is a loaded league, uh, loaded classification in baseball. There's a lot of really good players and a lot of really good teams. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, you gave me a great segue. Wando, you got a kid up there that's committed to Clemson, Reed Gares, and, of course, he's got a brother, I believe, that's on that roster as well. Uh, talk to us about Wando. This is another team in that same region, yet as a Charleston area. So we've got Dorchester, we've got Berkeley, and now we hit Charleston with, I think, the best team out of that area would be a Wando team that's really uh, stacked up from the top to the bottom. Yeah, you know, I, Wando's uh... – Wando won their first game. They 10-runned West Ashley, and then last night they got 10-runned by West Ashley. So, uh, again, it, it, baseball's, a, baseball's a funny game. I mean, uh, you know, Wando was throwing one of their better pitchers, and, uh, and they, West Ashley jumped all over him. And, uh, you know, baseball's a game of momentum, and when you, get, you jump on somebody that early, it's really hard to come back. But Wando's got players. I mean, they got, a, a, I want to say, three pitchers that are – committed to colleges, uh, three Division One guys. They've got uh, Reed Garris is certainly the bell cow of that staff. Um, you know, if they hit, uh, I think they're going to be in it. You know, um, I think also in Charleston County, um, you, I guess Oceanside would be in Charleston County. Yeah, Oceanside's got a really good club. Yep. Uh, Jerry Stutes, uh, Jerry Stutes uh, you know, the, the big-time winner over 900 wins. Uh He's 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 got a really good team that's got really good pitching, really good hitting. Uh, they've been very impressive. They haven't lost yet, and uh, and I and I think they're going to be, you know, them and Bishop England are in the same conference along with Hanahan. So that's a really good baseball conference. So we'll we'll kind of see how that shakes out uh, as we get going into the heavy into the region schedule. We're going into it heavy with David Shelton. He's with the Post and Courier. He's the guru of all gurus when high school sports is the conversation. You want this guy to be in the middle of it. Of course, uh, covers it, smothers it here on Southern Sports Central. Also, with Bobby Harden, of course. Bobby, last night, a little concerned last night about Bobby. He thought it was playoffs. I was like, man, we just started. Slow down a little bit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, when I, I think I got him when I was talking about the series and, uh, and, and the, you know, what the five A's are doing this year is they're cross bracketing in the regions. Uh, so seven and eight are playing each other in different three game series um, to kind of limit the travel and, and in their conference schedules, they're going to, they're going to play conference uh, series, just three games, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So it's kind of, I think it kind of works out pretty good. I mean, I, I could probably live with two games uh, and then have a non-conference game like on a Wednesday of that week. But but you know, I think it works well. I think they're doing, uh, they're they're getting their games in. They're not having to travel a long distance in this kind of crazy year. And um, uh, you know, the important thing is they're playing games and they're going to get their season in. And and they didn't get to last year, so it's real it's real important they get these games in. Now let me ask you this, and again, I haven't gotten confirmation, but there was that rumor that that Charleston County was limiting who they were going to play inside, outside of region. Did that ever come to tuition or? Or are they just going to get that schedule, play Dorchester County and Berkeley County overall? What's going on in, in Charleston County when it comes to their scheduling? Yeah, they're they're, they're cross bracketing. Uh, you know, like Wando played West Ashley last night. Um, you know, that's that's two different regions. Um, still Charleston County, 
Um, but they're they're they've set up the schedule where they can, you know, cross bracket in the region. Um, I don't I don't know how they. There's obviously too many teams and too many games to play everybody a three game series, but every team is different. Like I know Cane Bay in the in the draw, they they drew uh, Somerville first. Uh, Wando drew West Ashley. Berkeley drew Fort Dorchester. Berkeley's also going to play Ashley Ridge um, in the non-conference portion of their schedule, but they're not playing Somerville. So, um, you know, but they, they, the two conferences worked it out, and they they kind of split it up to where everybody could play two region, two non-region series, which six games, and. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how it, how they did it or how it shook out. I just I just happen to know uh, a couple of the conferences and a couple of the teams and who they're playing. Now, of course, Eugene's on top of it. He's got some buddies over there at Wando's, uh, kind of allowing us to let us know a couple of things. Number one, Wando's averaging five errors a game. You can't win any ball games. And I always say, if you walk them or you hit the E on the scoreboard, they're going to make a score on the board, and it's not going to be a good one. And they're also uh, the other side of it, David, is uh, I guess they wouldn't allow Wando to play any preseason tournaments. I mean, again, you saw Somerville go down to Georgetown, win the IP Classic. That's a traditional tournament around the state. And, of course, some other teams around our area in the low country did well. But, uh, you know, we'll, I guess we'll wait and see. What are you thinking about uh, Ashley Ridge? I think they had Stratford on the board this week. Uh, B.J. Bellish back around the program, but I don't think he's at the head coaching status. But uh, I know they took a tough one last night. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they lost a tough one uh, Monday night to Stratford. They won last night. Uh, both games have been one-run games, and, and B.J. is back in the program. He's not the head coach. Brian Gibbons still the head coach. Uh, you know, Asterisk has got some potential. They, You know, on the right night, they can beat a lot of teams in this area. You know, whether they can, you know, man up and beat Somerville uh, two out of three, I, I don't know if they've got the pitching depth to do that. Uh, but they're going to always be scrappy and competitive. They've got good players. Um, you know, they're well-coached, got a good feeder system. Their JV, B-team programs are, are loaded with players. Uh, so, you know, Asterisk is going to be in that in that hunt. Um, you know, I still think somebody's going to have to find a way to take down Somerville more than one time. Um, you know, I, I think what happened last night kind of woke Somerville up. Uh, and you mentioned the Wando not getting to play in a preseason tournament. A lot of teams didn't. And, uh, you know, Wando's going to be there. In the end, uh, it's early. It is early, and you get you get around the hit tournament time in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, they'll they'll probably start to peaking and start to start their peak. Um, and I, and again, I think their whole season is going to come down to the Berkeley series. Uh, when them and when them and Berkeley get together, that's that's probably going to decide the top two spots in the region. Now, and of course, we talked a lot of 5A. We slid in the Oceanside, Landsharks, and 3A. Let's talk about a team that they could see, well, they will definitely see because it's in the region and has always been good around the world of uh, spring sports, definitely baseball, Bishop England. What do the, uh, the Bishops look like this year? Are they going to contend and, and, and compete this year pretty heavy? Yeah, I think, I think they're starting off a little slow. Um, but, you know, two of their, their, their top pitchers played basketball, and their basketball was in the playoffs, so – uh, Daniel Brooks and Sean Hollister. They did beat Waccamaw, I think, last night or the night before, uh, pretty impressively. And they, it's all going to come down to hitting for them because they're going to have pitching. Uh, they're they're got they're going to be able to run a guy out there every night that that can that can compete and keep them in the games. It's it's going to come down to how they hit. Um, they don't have a loaded lineup, but they do have a couple of pretty good hitters. 
you know, Chase Loggins. I mean, they those those key guys will have to produce because they don't have a lot of depth in that lineup. But you know, Mike Darnell is a genius over there, and uh, the bishops the bishops are going to be there in the end somehow, some way. Uh, they might lose some games during the regular season, and people start doubting. But boy, around May, they usually kind of turn it up a notch. All right, let's do it the same. Let's turn it up a notch and talk about the ladies, the softball. I know Somerville and uh, their coaching staff seems to be pretty poised about what they have. I know Sharpie's gotten a lot of attention, but quietly, quietly, we we hear uh, Coach Tucker, who is the ladies softball coach over there uh, at Somerville, pretty solid. Of course, uh, Coach LaPrade, Lindsay LaPrade coaching uh, Fort Dorchester, seems to have a pretty good little staff over there as well. But in the world of softball, David, have you had a chance to see any of their rosters and, and your outlook in spring? Yeah, I got I got to catch a little bit of the softball team last night. Uh, they were playing at Cane Bay while I was over there uh, with some other duties, and they're really good. The Somerville softball is really good. They swing the bats. They score runs. They've got power. You know, in their first game of the season, they beat they beat Cane Bay uh, and hit four home runs. So they they can run Cane Bay twice this week, um, and that's saying something. Cane Bay's young, but they're they're pretty good. Um, I think Hanahan is pretty good. Berkeley is really good, and I know in a scrimmage, uh, Somerville pounded Berkeley, but Berkeley's going to be very tough to beat uh, in the lower state. Ashley Ridge is always good in softball. Uh, and like you mentioned, uh, Lindsay at, at Fort Dorchester, they're going to be competitive. They're they're they got some holes to fill, but they've opened the season with Berkeley, and and like I said, Berkeley's really good. But I would say right now, you know, Hanahan's always usually pretty good, but I would say Somerville and Berkeley, in that order, are the are easily the top two teams in, in the in this part of the state uh, when it comes to softball. Hanging out with David Shelton the next few minutes before we get him back to whatever he's got to get to because they have canceled all of the uh, activities after school around the state of South Carolina with everything going on. That that we haven't heard that before, but hopefully, good Lord willing, the creek doesn't rise. In many ways, we'll play some sports tomorrow night and they'll pick it back up. Now, track and field in the low country has been something that has been a staple. I mean, we've got some pretty quick kids and very athletic individuals in this sport uh david uh, your thought going into this year any state champions coming out of uh, the low country when it comes to the track and field oh yeah yeah we'll we'll have some guys uh, uh if they don't win state they're going to place in the top three uh cane bay's got a hurdler and a sprinter uh the sprinter uh jbion johnson has got the fastest hundred in the state this year so far at 10-7 um somerville has got really good athletes in a lot of events um they them and Cane Bay are probably the top two uh, track teams in the area. But, you know, every school has their share of athletes that will compete. Uh, you know, uh, Berkeley always has a, a sprinter or a hurdler uh, in the boys and girls that are usually pretty good. Uh, Wando is going to be good in all their events, um, very deep. Usually the distance carries them along with the throws, um, the, the javelin and the discus and the shot. Um, but yeah, there's some good guys. There's some good guys and gals here in the Low Country. And as the season progresses, again, they just started. Uh, you're going to start seeing some of the times that are going to rank very high um, around the state in their classifications. You know, schools like Military Magnet uh, always has a really good track program. They're, they have really good uh, kids in the sprints and jumps. Um, so it'll be it'll be some there'll be some Low Country flavor in the state meets for sure. 
Now, finally, before we get you out of here and get you back to your afternoon delights and your festivities around the Low Country, David, uh, we've got golf, we've got soccer, and boys and girls doing it big around the Low Country. But again, the spring is our thing down here in the Low Country. What's your thoughts on the couple of the other sports we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, lacrosse, uh, Bishop England girls are, are, I think, four-time defending state champs. They're going to be very hard to beat. Wando, Oceanside, girls, lacrosse. Well, actually, boys and girls for all those schools are very, very good. And then, you know, the Oceanside soccer, boys and girls, uh, Bishop England soccer, boys and girls. James Island has a really good and boys, uh, girls and boys soccer teams. And uh, um, Wando is, you know, I mean, I, I saw a score the other night. I was over uh, when the Somerville Cane Bay baseball game, the first game was going on at Cane Bay, and Wando girls were over playing the Cane Bay girls and. I think it was 13 to nothing at halftime. So apparently Wando girls are really, really good or Kane Bay is going to struggle. But, um, you know, the typical teams that are very good in the spring sports are, are you know, there's no fly-by-nighters. They're all very good every year. Uh, but the Oceanside, Bishop England, Wando crowd, Somerville, Kane uh, Bay and track, uh, those, those are going to be the top programs in the area. Well, David, as always, man, you're actually going to do a lot more riding as you do in the spring than you do any other season. Man, I know you're passionate in baseball. You've got a lot of connections in that and a lot of reasons to do that. But uh, we want to try to get this with you at least as much as we can uh, once a week or at least every other week because there's uh, so many athletes across the state, but definitely a lot of them here in the low country. I'd like to get their names heard and some of these programs updated on our show. But, man, it means a lot. You took time today to hang out with us. Sure thing, man. Just, uh, you know, you know how to reach me, so just hit me up when you need me. <laughs> you got a big guy, man. Where are you heading at on Friday night? Have you decided where the uh, where, where, where they get the uh, the big man of the hour? Uh, no, I was I was thinking about Wando West Ashley for that game three, but uh, I'm going to wait and see what the pitching matchups are. Um, you know, Somerville's playing Cane Bay. Um, that's in my neck of the woods, so um, – but I may I may end up hitting the road a little bit, maybe going up towards Manning or, or King Street. I'm, I'm just not sure yet. I'm going to look that over tonight. Okay, and there's some baseball being played around the state. South Carolina puts a lot of ballers in the spring into the next level. David, thank you again, buddy. Stay safe tonight. Looks like we're good to go, man. So enjoy dinner, and we'll do it again here soon. Okay, man. Take care. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? David Shelton, he is with the Post and Courier. You can hear him right here on Southern Sports Central as we smother and cover you with high school sports. Bobby Arden, he does it over there with him on Fridays a lot of times. Also, he's part of the Phil Blue show on Friday night, which I get a chance to be a part of and talk high school Friday night lights around the great state of South Carolina. Let's take a break as we will next pull the bus up over there at North Central High School with a champion, if you will. That's Caleb Haven, right out of this break, guys, don't go anywhere. Burn away our carbon beam like it lives off. Try to get away from me. Had a stand off. Hit him in the spot. Knock your dreads off. My wood is called a body. I didn't name them random off. Thugging in my Ride with a G-Shock I heard he shot Trucker make a beat mm-hmm. She made a shot Turn Roll this bottle Pill the car Out of my Jerk gon' make him Beat block In Miami With my mother Beat eyes Let's see how the feet eyes I'm out in the party I'm on my big post It's ready to get 
get it started. I got no stick. Go hit the plug. Ride around with fuck. Call me. 
Yeah, when you push it to the limits and win a state championship, brother, man, those are the things they make Disney movies out of. As we're hanging out in Kershaw, South Carolina, catching up with the one and only state champion, Caleb Haven, here on Southern Sports Central. The button's hanging out. We appreciate you again. With the big man, of course, Caleb Haven. And, of course, uh, glad to have him in here with us. Caleb, so when you look at it, man, give us the story, man. What what happened this this year that, that made, you know, you pushed a little bit harder. You kind of had to get through some of the ups and downs and all arounds because it wasn't your normal season. You guys didn't have a preseason. You had to get right into the season. What was it that, that you had to do to kind of keep in with what was going on around you? It was the motivation. The, the motivation to be able to go to practice and just practice and not really wrestle, like, we didn't have but 15 matches. That's all I wrestled this year. I usually top off about 50, 55 matches in a regular season. But this year was different, of course. So uh, just 15 matches, that's all I could have. So And I took it took it for what it was, and I was grateful to have those 15 matches. And those past three months was the hardest. I had a four time on my mind, and that's the only goal I wanted. I wanted to make history. I wanted to be the first one in the state of South Carolina to to win four different weight classes back-to-back. And that was just one of the goals to top off and to finish with my second undefeated season and to finish with only three losses of my whole high school career. So I think it was a a great opportunity for me to just practice, practice, practice. And when showtime came up, I showed up, rocked out, and went home. Man, I tell you what, now, let's hear about that storyline. When it comes down to having the undefeated season, man, what was that like knowing that you only had three losses in your time as a high school wrestler? I had the biggest target on my back. Anybody and everybody tried to come after me. We were sitting in Newberry High School, and we were weighing in, and the boy from Greer, he said, I want the state champ. And my dad turned around, as he's assistant coach, and he turned around while I was eating he said, okay, you got him. So I bumped up to 184, and I gave him a run for his money and beat him in overtime. And he said, you're the real deal, man. I'm so glad I got to wrestle you. And I said, yeah, anytime. And then I wrestled the Brooklyn Casey boy. He won the Dreher tournament that we didn't get to because get to wrestle because we got hit by a tornado. And it was a bad weekend being off for two weeks and coming back and beating him by four points. And he said he wanted me, and I went out there and wrestled everything I got. So, yeah. The target on my back was there. Everybody knew it. Everybody wanted a piece of me, but when they got on the mat, they didn't really want to wrestle no more. I love it, man. I love the the, the opportunity and the conversations. We're hanging out right now with Caleb Haven. I mean, his story speaks for itself. He's got the rings and things as he brings them to the show tonight, all the way, of course, at North Central High School here on Southern Sports Central. And you know, what, as a wrestler, man, it takes a different kind of guy. It takes a different kind of athlete, even a girl, because these young ladies, by the way, can keep up with a lot of these guys or you guys around the world and around the wrestling mat. But what's your biggest challenge when it comes down to being a wrestler, unlike any other sport that you play? I think it's mostly you have to be mentally strong. If you're not mentally strong, they'll just eat you alive. Because when, when that third period's coming down and you got 30 seconds left and you're losing by a point, you got to suck it up and you say, hey, I'm not losing this match. Whatever it takes, I'm not losing. And that, that's what it is. You can be the biggest, the strongest, but if you're not, if you don't have that motivation and that will, just say, you know, I'm going to give it everything I got 
even if I have to go in overtime and just say, hey, you know, I'm not losing. They got to step on my mat. They got to wrestle me. They got to wrestle my style. And that's, that's where you become a champion. That's where you say, hey, nothing's going to come in my way from, to achieve my goals. And that's what I did this year. That was, that's what pushed me to the limits. It made me a better man. It made me a better worker, a student, everything. Uh, I, I don't quit in anything I do, and I really appreciate the sport of wrestling because that's what's taught me to never quit, even when times are tough, even when life is hitting you like a rock. You just never give up, and you just push through because that, that grass is always green when you get past that door. Man, I love it, man. And uh, when he got past that door, he got, he's now won four titles with, uh, of course, four different classes. He's only lost three matches and his entire career as a wrestler where usually he mentions 50 to 55 matches per year. This year he got 15 chances. And that doesn't always mean easier. That probably makes it a little harder. And, and I got to be honest with you, big man, Caleb. Now, when this all thing is said and done, you go to college, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, I just feel like you might be back on the mat as a coach in the future somewhere, somehow being in the world of sports as a coach. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think I can ever leave the sport. I love it too much. And the sport will end one day. And it, it's paved my way of life so far. And it's made me to have a bright future. And that's just that's just what I'm ready to go do. It's gave me the will to be able to have the opportunity to only lose three matches. And they're all the state champs. And I think I'm one of the only ones that can say they've lost a, uh, a three-time, a two-time, and a one-time state champ. There's not very heard of. And I just – I'm very blessed and highly favored. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. We feel the same having you on our show here tonight. Now, what's the future look like for you, brother, as you start to kind of wind down some things? I know there's still a lot of other things happening around you, but give us the forecast for you for the next couple of months, man. Have you figured out the next chapter? Have you figured out – you know, what you're going to do when it comes down to a major, a college, and, and, and the degree that you're going to be picking up here very soon. Yes, sir. I got it down to a T right now. Uh, I've been training, starting off. I'll start practicing a little bit Monday. I'm going for a national title in April the 23rd through 25th. I'm going to show the United States what I have to hold as a four-timer. Um I, I get the opportunity to practice with these, these guys down here in Camden. They're willing me and allowing me to come and practice with them. I think it's going to be a great opportunity. I'm going to have so much fun, and I'm just ready for the experience to go down there. And then after that, I'm going to take a little break, relax, get in the weight room, start getting ready for football because I'm heading to Newberry, South Carolina, to go play in my uh, first-ever college season. So as soon as I'm done with football and hopefully we do have a great season, I'm – become a starter or whatever happens. And then as soon as that, I'm going right into wrestling. I'll be wrestling the 184-pounder for Newberry College, and I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to go play and wrestle for them. And then I'm studying business as uh, sales and marketing. I'm pursuing business, so and I'm very good with people. So I love talking. I can talk to a wall if I need to. <laughs> so I just I think that's going to be my passion is to be able to sell or be a salesman or market. I, and I might just be a broadcaster one day just like you. 
Ah, I love it, man. Hey, look, you get done doing what you're doing, you know, just racking up wins and taking, you know, everything that you're taking over there at Newberry. And then, I don't know, man, maybe hit the Olympics. Why not? Why stop there? Just keep going and getting the medals, man. I got your seat. You know, you can market with us. You can broadcast with us, man. I'd, be, I'd love to have the opportunity to put you to work, man, no doubt about it. Let me ask you this, man. Why Newberry? And I know why myself because I think it's a great school. It's in a great little town there, and it's got that small-town charm. But why did you pick Newberry? Because I know there's a lot of schools that were hunting you down that were looking for you to come and bring that energy to their program. So since this has been a, such a crazy year, and while I sat down and talked to Coach Draper every day, me and Coach Draper sat down and talked, and I said, man, they, nothing's looking my way so far. No school's coming up to me. No one's saying, hey, I want to get this guy. And I, I thought I was a, a great or good enough athlete to be able to have a offer. And Drayford sat down and he said, hey, man, you're not the only one that's going to get the state, uh, this opportunity. And I said, I, so I had to be humble and I had to just be patient and just wait and say, who's just going to come in the door? I had Limestone give me a full offer, a full ride to go wrestle for him, to go wrestle with my brother. And I was just thinking, well, that's the only thing I have so far. So I'm looking at that thinking that's a great opportunity. And to be with my brother and me and him do another legacy, but then Newberry stepped up and they said, hey, man, I'll give you a full ride to play football and wrestle. And I was like, wow, that's almost like walking in. They really think highly of me to be able to come and do that. And they just they kept pushing in and said, hey, man, I want you to come look at campus. I want you to come meet the coach. I want you to go watch some wrestling matches. I want you to be at the practice. And they just kept pushing in. And then when I got on campus, I just fell in love with the campus. I loved everything about it. And I'm ready to go in August. I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> I love the energy this young man brings to the table. And he's, this is what wrestlers are all about. These guys are devoted. They're dedicated. They're just energetic with all this direction that they have in the right direction. And tonight we're right now on the campus over there, of course, virtually at North Central High School. That's Kershaw, South Carolina, with their one and only state champion doing his things here with us here tonight is, of course, Kate Haven, two-sport player. And I wanted him to bring that up. Now, football, big time up there, buddy, but you're you're going to Newberry to play some football. They got a brand new weight room, by the way. We got a bunch of dogs over there hunting on Saturdays, doing things Monday through Sunday, man. How about that football style, man? Talk to me about what do you like about Newberry when it comes to playing football with some of the great ones around our state? Um, I really haven't found anybody or I haven't really known many people to go to Newberry so far, but when I stepped on the campus and me and Draper were walking around the campus looking at the football stadium, that's what got my eye. That's what said, hey, you know what? I really, really want to go here. And as soon as they started opening those doors and those basketball players were, uh, I was like, wow. The the <laughs> doors opened and walked right on the field. I, was, I felt like I was at home. So uh, I'm ready for my next chapter, and, and that football program is going to teach me right. Hey, man, this uh Eugene. A couple quick questions for you. Uh, first of all, what did you think of the graphic, man? I, I found that bull, and I said that was fitting for you after talking to one of your coaches. Oh, yeah. That was funny. It, it, it made me smile. I was like, well, this this is what people think of me. I'm the bull. I'm I'm the one and only. So, And, that, and that's what I took <laughs> it. I said, I, thank what? you. I mean, I'm very something, blessed something. for people thinking me highly. Yeah, but and, and something that uh, actually just came to me. So a question we've asked a lot of coaches, and Richie and I played high school sports, and he played at the collegiate level. Uh, I tried to walk on and, and didn't work out, but that's okay. But you know, so we we played a lot of sports. Right? Well, we talked to a lot of coaches, 
And there was something that I wanted to ask you that we ask a lot of these guys because you've had a lot of success, but you mentioned you had three losses in in your career. What do you like more? Is it the thrill of winning? Is is that a stronger emotion, or do you hate to lose? Which one is it that drives you? Well, if, in my opinion, I don't believe anybody loves to lose uh, because if you do, you don't need to be playing sports, first of all, because when you play sports or anything you do, you go out there to be your best, to win, to be on top of that podium, to be what you work for all season, all year long. So I think it really it drove me more that lose three matches, and I didn't like it, and it drove me and say, you know what, they beat me. This is where I need to step my game up and just take off with it. And that last one you're, I got, I took it off, and I kept running. Sounds like you're a guy that hates to lose more than you love oh, yeah. to win. Okay. A lot of coaches were like that, man. And some of them actually said that they've always been like that their whole career. But the whole COVID thing might have switched their opinion a little bit. You know, that maybe, you know, because things can get taken away, maybe they should start savoring the victories. But, you know, there are a lot of things that motivate us. Now, real quick, um, you know, what's your favorite move? That's something we usually like to ask the wrestlers. I had kids that wrestle. Uh, a couple of them like the ankle pick and things like that. So what's your favorite move as a wrestler? Well, I, yeah, I, I love the, the low single ankle pick, and but I really love those chicken wings. That's what I, that's my go-to move right there. I love those chicken wings. <laughs> no problem, man. I'm going to turn you back over to Richie. I just a couple things that sparked it, and I just wanted to ask you those questions and see what you had to say. Oh, fantastic. Thank you for talking to me. I love it, man. Listen to the energetic. This kid is very good at doing radio. I think he's got some. Uh, he's got a future in it. We're live right now, of course, in uh, Kershaw, South Carolina. Caleb Havens, state championship uh, on the line here with us tonight from North Central High School. You know, Caleb, it's interesting that Eugene brought that up because I got the world's worst. Do you eat? By the way, do you eat Chinese food? Is that kind of a? a do you, do you enjoy Chinese food? Love it. You love it, right? We all love it. Athletes and Chinese food go hand in hand. Let me tell you the worst fortune cookie I got ever, and I never will go back there again because of this fortune that I was given. It said, win as if you were used to it, lose as if you enjoyed it for a change. That's the worst fortune I've ever gotten in my entire life. I'm actually reading it to you as I got it about a week ago, man. I tell you, you know, it's the little things, brother. And I, like Eugene said, I played at the college level, and I – I love winning. I love the joy and the memories and, and the high fives and all that good stuff. But I really hate losing. I hate to lose. And, and my dad told me growing up as a kid, and, and, and I will always remember this, he said that you're going to have to learn how to lose on your own because he's scared that if he taught me how to lose that I might enjoy it. And then if I become familiar with it, I might not get back into that other circle. So I, I love the fact that you're such a competitor at life, man. What's been the biggest thing? that you've learned in your time in high school, man? What is it, be, it can be football or even wrestling, but what has been your biggest, I would say, lesson learned since you've been there in, in your days in this chapter in high school? Uh, I, I think it is everybody fears something, but a lot of people don't realize that no one can beat you at your best. And I think I became my best each and every year or just that year, or whatever it was, I think, and I feel that I became the best I could be, that I was, no one wanted to wrestle me, and no one wanted to play against me, or the coaches dread for me to run the ball, or, or tackle them, or they just went around me, or 
whatever it is. It's not me wanting to put fear in them. It's just me enjoying, enjoying what I'm doing, and I'm playing hard, and I'm giving everything I got, and that just drives me to make the other person across me say, dude, I'm going to have to give them everything I got just to touch them or beat them. And that, that's just that's what made me a better person. And, yeah, I was using everyday life. I'm going to just give you everything I got, and I hope you do the same. I think, uh, Caleb, uh, one thing, uh, so you were in the senior bowl for football as well. Uh, Coach said you played a little bit of linebacker. Uh, talk to us real quick, because you and I had talked about it off the air, that, you know, you had transfer as part of your career there. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your uh, football career and how this year went for you. Uh, I think we had a great season. I, I broke a couple high school records for my high school. Um, one of the top leading rushers now. I got the Legacy Award playing there. It was different when I went to the North-South game, All-Star game because I'm usually playing outside but I was willing to step inside and, and take the blows and get the blows. That's, that's all you can do. You just step up to the plate and you just you go with it and I felt like with me doing that, I played didn't have a good start because I haven't played in about a year and a half and then half, second half came along and started laying the wood and that, that won me the MVP and, and I was blessed to have the opportunity to go play for that I had no clue I was even going to be an option. Hanging out real quick, wrapping it up because we're doing it big. Four-time state championship wrestler, Kurt Angle couldn't touch this cat as he comes in at 5'11", 200 pounds. He's a football wrestling fanatic, a a gamer across the field. Doesn't matter when, where, or how. You can hear it in his voice. This kid is going to either be back on Southern Sports Central hosting his own show or maybe on ESPN breaking it down down the road. Now, let me ask you, Caleb, when you look at this, man, how, how did wrestling to you and football comp, you know, help each other out? When it comes down to your days in wrestling, how did you take what you learned on the mat and, and become a better football player? Um, it really, really helped me with tackling because I wasn't, I wasn't scared to go for something for for the legs or, or for the tackle because I wrestled bigger guys. I wrestled the 220 guys. I wrestled the 195 guys. I wrestled them. So it gives me the opportunity to say, hey, you know, if I can take you down, I can take you down easier with pads and while you're coming at me. So I, it really helped me with my, my balance, especially for running the ball, and then my hand and eye coordination. That, that's what really got me because I wasn't afraid to take the risk that no one wanted to take. Let me ask you on the other side of this, because I I always ask the question, what do you take from wrestling to football? But anything from football that you're able to take back with you, back to the mat this year, that landed you that fourth state championship ring? Toughness. Toughness. Because when you outwork someone, they feel bad about it. But when you beat them up and you give them everything they didn't expect and you make them feel it and have that feeling, hey, I don't want to wrestle him no more. I'm hurt. When you make them have that feeling and you say, I gave you everything and this is how it is to wrestle me, that, that's what it is. It's toughness. Well, brother, you are definitely tough, and I can promise you this. Anytime you've got time, come on in here. Let's talk some sports on the show because uh, you're as motivating as a coach right now at your age, and we're, we're excited for you. Congratulations on all of your success in the world of sports, but even more, even more – 
the success that you're having in the classroom, brother, because, again, unfortunately, you're going to have to tie the laces on those things and put them up high for somebody to look at down the road. And same goes for your pads. But the college degree that you're about to get from Newberry College, brother, this thing is going to be something you can cash in and cash out the rest of your life. So for all of us here yes, at Southern sir. Sports Central, yes, proud of you for what you've achieved on the mats and on the field, but super stoked from becoming a class of 21 and representing the state of South Carolina academically, brother. Good job. Yes, sir. Thank you. And if, if you let me leave you with some piece of information real quick, uh, someone wise yes, told me, while I was going for my four-state title, and he sat there and he said, every adversity was coming through my way, and we sat down the night, and he asked me, he said, what does victory taste like when I win? What does victory taste like? Can you answer that question for me? What, what does it taste like to you? It could be anything. It could be a steak dinner. It could be a cookie. It could be anything. And I was driving down to school, had me a Subway sandwich, had me four cookies, and I'm driving, and – it popped his mind. You know what? I was eating a, a raspberry cheesecake cookie. A raspberry cheesecake cookie from Subway. And I was driving down to school, and I'm like, this is what victory tastes like. This is what victory tastes like. And I want to leave you with that piece of information and hopefully use it. And just what does victory taste like to you? What is that taste in your mouth that you always have when that victory comes? And that's all I have. Thank you for having me. Hey, brother, hey, let, let me tell you something, man. That's good stuff, man. Your parents have done a phenomenal job with you, man, your coaches, your administration. Anybody who's crossed your path before today, brother, I, I tip my cap to them because they've done an incredible job molding you to be the young man you are, my friend. And I wish you nothing but God's grace and, and, and blessings as you're going to continue to do great things. And, and trust me, Newberry is a good spot, man. We've got a lot of our guys and girls over there, so you will see us soon. But until next time, stay safe, keep pushing those books, and I can't wait to see that graduation diploma on your Twitter handle. Yes, sir. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Look at that. Eugene, that dude right there, put an asterisk by his name, get his phone number, and get him an application because when this thing is all said and done, not only is he going to go sell some stuff for me, he's going to come in here and run his own radio show. Man, what a great young man. We're going to take a break. We're going to break it up a little bit here. We're into the top of hour number one. We've got that wrestling guru of guru. That, that guy is incredible. Four state championships. He's got football under his belt. He's got a college degree on the way here in a few years, but he'll be graduating with a very impressive number of, uh, of students on his campus. But his grade point average is very impressive as the state championships are as well. And that's, Ladies and gentlemen, why I do what I do on Southern Sports Central is to educate, entertain, and bring in these studs around the state of South Carolina. So, Caleb, great job, great interview. We're taking a break. We're going to give you a little music between now and the top of hour number two as we head back to the Grand Strand with the head coach, the lay athletic director over there, Coach Williams from Myrtle Beach Prep, right after this, guys. Hold your balance 
I just say whatever cause there is no way you're grounded Everyone falls down sometimes But you just gotta know it'll all be fine It's okay Give your feet some gravity to get you grounded Keep your things inside your ears just like the waves and sound it And just say whatever cause there is no way you're grounded Everyone falls down sometimes But you just gotta know it'll all be fine It's okay Your source for all things sports. With your host, Richie Altman. Richie Altman. And Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. Back at the hour number two, I'm Rich Yellman alongside Eugene Benton. Follow us on Twitter, SO Sports Central. Hang out with us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central, and do your thing on the gram. That's Southern Sports Central. Without further ado, we bring him in in style with a little bit of P. Diddy and Bad Boy for Life, because that's what Coach Williams and Myrtle Beach Prep are all about up there on the Grand Strand. What's up, Coach? Welcome back home. What's going on, brother? How you guys doing this evening? How you doing, Richard? You guys doing all right? Not too bad. So, uh, first of all, man, let's let's ask you the weather report, man. Are you guys okay on the Grand Strand over there uh, in Myrtle Beach? Everything good? Yes. Yes, everything good. Pretty well. So, had some high wind and some rain, but uh, we're doing well here. What about you, your way? 
Oh, man, let me tell you, with a little bit of drizzle in an early day never hurt anybody, right? I mean, we got a little of that caught, the pollen dropped off the, the, the trucks here today. But, you know, I always tell everybody, I told all my kids this, the best job in the business, other than ours, is the weatherman. They're the only guy I know, or girls, that is wrong as much as they are and still have a great job every time they wake up. <laughs> no doubt about it, brother. No doubt about it. There's very few uh, professions like that, right? <laughs> so the one thing I do know, Coach, is that you're winning over our coaches across the state of South Carolina in waves, man. I tell you what, you know, I, I mentioned your name on and off the air, and, and they, I've got to tell you something, that Coach Williams over there, you know, doing his thing at, at Myrtle Beach Prep is, is one of the best in the business, man. I tell you, you know, I'm excited what you're doing, not only in my backyard, but in our great state here in South Carolina. Yes, sir. I think the big thing about me, and, and, and I had a parent kind of ask me about it, I said, you know, my goal is to prove every year and everybody that we come in contact with, you know, that we're, that we're going to do things the right way, uh, that we're going to, you know, sustain this thing, and, 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 and the history's there on my end. But in the same sense, I think I, I feel like it's a new challenge for me. I think I have to prove to these guys in South Carolina, the high school coaches, the players, the integrity and the, uh, you know, the quality of what we're putting together here. So I'm, I've got like a new win behind me, you know. I feel like a, a first-year coach again a little bit. It's been uh, very exciting for me. Uh, uh, and, I, you know, I've been doing this for nine years. So I got a new win being able to uh, be down here in a great football state in a great area. Brother, you're living in the God country over there on the Grand Strand as you're parked somewhere in Garden City near the chapel, if you will. I mean, really, literally, you're on God's country over there. As, of course, uh, he is yes, the sir. head football coach, athletic director for Myrtle Beach College Coach Grad Academy over there. The Marauders are on the board here tonight with us. And, and again, Coach, I, I think you guys are ahead of the wave here of what's going to be coming in the next two, three, four years. Because of the transfer portal, I think, you know, perfect time, and they say timing is everything, but what you guys have built on the Grand Strand with this uh, prep school and, and the things that you guys are preparing these young athletes for is right on time. Tell us a little bit about why these young athletes should really honestly open their eyes and see the big picture of things and what you guys are doing over there uh, with the Marauders. No doubt about it, Richie. I think the big thing, you just made a great point. Um, The game is changing. Uh, College football is changing. The recruiting process is changing. And for young men, um, it definitely is going to be an influx of young men that need this opportunity. Uh, and the big reason is because the college game for years has been about wanting older players. Junior college kind of filled that void. And then the portal, uh, the transfer portal, which has been there a while, I gave a, another cool little name and kind of added something to it to make it sound a little different. But, it, you know, kids could always transfer. They could always go to their coach and figure it out now as a college athlete. Well, what kids don't understand is these guys in college don't have to inform the college coach anymore. They can wake up and transfer and be eligible to play immediately. So the young man that used to be the FCS-level player that may play at a uh, – that will come out of high school normally and will play at a Charleston Southern or will play at uh, Coastal Carolina, now they can go into the portal and get some kid that played in the SEC and, walk, and just wasn't playing or uh, wasn't happy or whatever the case may be, and they can play immediately, which is going to force the numbers down at that level. Not only that, Every class received an extra year from the NCAA from freshman through senior. So the numbers will be there at the PG level. There will be a lot better players. So, uh, and, I, and I've done this for nine years. This is by far 
the most talented roster we've ever had. Um, it, it, it has been, it has been just a it, you know breath of fresh air to be able to pick and choose from this quality of talent that's been uh, left behind. And it's, and it's not going to change. I think a lot of people just go, oh, this was because of COVID. Not only COVID, that portal is here to stay. And those young men will, will be able to transfer now at the college level. It'll be like free agency. You know, it's literally like free agency. You know, and mm. people can fill void uh, with older young men. And because college coaches have less and less time to develop these guys, and they'll tell you that any day of the week. Any level that you talk to will tell you, hey, you just don't have long to develop guys. So I do feel like this can fill that void by giving those young men a chance to develop more, get their body more physical. And we also play college competition. And I think sometimes kids get kind of uh, discouraged sometimes thinking they're going to go and play another season of high school or it's going to be a high school environment, and it's not. You know, it legitimately is from the way that we structure practice, from the daily schedule, and the, the competition we play against is collegiate. And it's going to give those guys a chance to kind of get better, more quality film against, you know, an older player and to prove that they can compete with some of those guys in the portal for opportunities. So it's that perfect mesh of a kid with five years to play for with no eligibility loss that still has played against college competition. Unlike the Juco kid, which has lost time to play, mm. and, you know, and they, and they have less time to kind of develop it within the college system. So I really do feel like this is going to be something that's here to stay and it's something that's going to sustain you know, and um, good programs at this level will start uh, turning out some major talent at mid-year, um, uh, you know, moving forward. Man, I tell you what, we are very blessed here on Southern Sports Central to get so many great guests and so many great individuals who can help us learn along the way, just like the athletic director, the head football coach right over there, of course, with one of the programs up and coming, Myrtle Beach Prep with Coach Ryan Williams. He is doing it big over there on the Grand Strand, and he's doing it here tonight with us. Is again, answering the questions to you parents who may not understand the realistic part of why you should or shouldn't go to this school. Because, again, Coach, I think you drilled it right the, right where you needed to when it came down to not being hit with a year of eligibility, getting your fundamentals under you and preparing you for what's coming. Because I was, you know, I jumped right into a Power 5 school at the University of South Carolina. I, You know, there wasn't a whole oh, yeah. lot of learning going, kind of the old drop in the fire and go. And if you made it, you stayed. If you didn't, you had to go. It's kind of like paying rent, right? Paying mortgage. If you pay, you stay. If you don't, you won't. And that's kind of the deal. Coach, you know, and these kids, unlike any other young men and women coming out of high school, they are very much in a different era than we ever thought we would be with everything that's been going on. So what a great time for these young athletes to look at this opportunity to get a little bit more sharpness, a little bit more, I would say, foundation and preparedness about what's really coming up in that next chapter. Correct. No doubt. Um, I think, in fact, I know um, a lot of these programs have young men that need uh, academic assistance, and we have that every year as well. Um, but over the last three years, what I've realized is that there's more student athletes that are good students that just the numbers aren't there. Do people understand you can only bring in 25 in a class max? Okay. And you can bring in 25 in the class max, but let's say you don't have 25 slots to give. So then you may not be bringing in but 10. You may not be bringing in but 15. You may not be bringing in but 8, depending on how many seniors you had graduate. So there's not a lot of opportunities when we start talking about Division One classes in particular um, 
for guys to have an opportunity. So if you can shift your 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 the year that you come out to the to a, to the following year, then that's going to open up more numbers for you to have an opportunity. And and that's what I told all the young men that we're dealing with right now is that look, you're you're trying to, to sadly you're trying to bump the twenty two guys. You're an older kid that's going to play against a better level of competition, and you're trying to bump that high school slot at mid year. And we're able to start recruiting for you immediately to get you on college board. And so it's getting ahead of the game a year, if you think of it that way. All right. Getting ahead of the plan right here with us tonight is Coach Ryan Williams. He is, of course, the athletic director and the head football coach over there at Myrtle Beach Coalition Post-Grad Academy and located Garden City, Myrtle's Inlet, South Carolina, some of the greatest places on earth found in those two places where I grew up. And, again, uh, you know, where you watch what you guys are doing, what's been kind of – and we might have said this, but I want to echo it if we have. What's been your biggest con- conversation when you sit down with mom or you sit with grandma or, or dad? What's been the biggest thing that you've had to learn going forward or teach somebody, I say, going forward? Um, the biggest thing is just that most people really don't understand what we do. I think they think they do or they have a general understanding, but they really don't. And when you can sit down and verbalize it and they have open ears and I'm able to just have this great opportunity like we're having here tonight and that you're, you're giving this, afford me this opportunity to do this now, it's just to be able to explain it. And I tell parents that all the time. If I can educate somebody on the process, they can move forward and be able to educate somebody else, even if they're, the young man doesn't attend our, our process. Um, it also may make them, have, make them make a better decision moving forward if they're looking at other uh, uh, um, situations, whether that be going to a junior college or going to another postgraduate situation or uh, attending a high school-type prep school. Um, there are some, are some other avenues, but I think the biggest thing for me is just being able to educate people on the process and to let people know this isn't punishment or isn't, you know, it isn't uh, anything that should be looked down upon. It actually is something that could be very beneficial to every young man, no matter what the situation is, whether you're a great student or, you know, whether you're a, a struggling student, kid coming off an injury, uh, kid that needs a little bit more development, kid that may have played out of position in high school, that may need to play more of a, a position that, that will develop them at the collegiate level. As we talked about the last time, I had a kid that played basketball his whole life last year, ended up playing at the University of Charlotte. Um, he never put on pads and a helmet before, and in three months he's going to a Division One school. So, you know, these are very unique situations where these young men would never get that opportunity if they were going to a junior college because you're not going to play. And so what I try to tell every parent is that we take a reduced number of student athletes and we invest in these young men from the development standpoint. We're not going to throw them away. And you've been a Division One school. You know how it goes. You don't get many opportunities. And so here we're trying to give those guys, those young men, an opportunity to get coached at the collegiate level but still keep working with them and developing them through the entirety of the process to give them the best chance to play at the college level. And I think we've done a pretty good job of that. Um, and in saying that, um, the most unique thing this year is the fact that, I think I talked about it the last time I was here, but we had an opportunity to work with a young man out of Atlanta. Look, I'm not a miracle worker. Young man is a talented kid. But what I try to tell people is the biggest lie that you can tell a kid in this environment is that it doesn't matter where you play and it doesn't matter who you're playing for. If what I tell people is coaches at this point in this moment in time are the biggest, what I would say, agents or promoters or whatever you want to call it. Our job is to promote these young men at a high level, to have those connections, to be able to pick up a cell phone, be able to call college coaches and be able to promote them. And the, way, the best way to do that is, is trust and being honest. 
and having a reputation of being honest so that when you have the opportunity to present a young man, they'll actually watch it and they'll respect it. And I think my staff and myself have done a great job of that. So the kid out of Atlanta was going to an NAIA school uh, a couple of weeks ago. That was the plan. I watched his film. felt like he's a really good player. We were able to shop it around a little bit. And before he ever committed to us, University of Syracuse offered him. And then he, and then he, then he committed to us. So I thought that was pretty funny. But, you know, what I tell kids is I'm going to prove to you um, what we can do for you. I don't, I don't need to talk and carry on. I'm going to prove to you what we can do for you and, 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 and pray that you trust us once we make that stuff happen. So definitely about actions. And that was probably one of the more unique uh, situations as all students. Man, we're learning a lot here on Southern Sports Central between 7 and 7.30 with the one and only Coach Ryan Williams. He's the AD. He's the head football coach, of course, with us here tonight, all the way from the Grand Strand and Myrtle Beach Prep. Coach, talking about putting things in action, you did that six days ago when you made a game announcement about checking out their featured game on this year's schedule. Now, you mentioned this will be the first chance as a program to strap it up against an FBS Division One opponent, the toughest post-grad schedule in the country. You hashtag cultural wins. Tell us who is this schedule, who's on this schedule, and when does the schedule kick off? Yeah, so we have a very great slate. We haven't released a complete schedule yet. Uh, we do have every game already pretty much solidified. Uh, but uh, the Naval Academy up in Annapolis, very unique opportunity will be the biggest game on the schedule. Um, you're talking about guys that are sophomores and juniors, um, and a lot of those kids that are freshmen play at the prep school. So I try to tell kids, you know, that's why I'm trying to prep usually loosely here. We are a postgraduate program. I kind of went on a little rant on Twitter about it too. Um, the more universal word is prep. We still use it because that's what people know, and it's easier to help identify with. But the uh, we play JV programs collegiate level competition, there is a Navy prep that has uh, younger young men that are true freshmen. So I tell all our guys, when you come here, you all are freshmen. We go play Navy. Those guys will be sophomores and juniors. And you're going to have to prove yourself against a high level of competition because a lot of those kids bounce back and forth between the Saturday team and the JV team. So you're, you're playing legitimate scholarship Division One athletes. And I've had the opportunity to play the Naval Academy for the last six years. There's no better, uh, more honorable situation that, I, that I've been in since I've been coaching than that opportunity to walk into Marine Corps Stadium which seats 50,000 people um, and you see all the wars on the wall around the stadium and it's just a beautiful opportunity for our young men to first of all be able to, to, to play and to be able to learn something from these young men that are not much older than them still at the end of the day that are going to one day serve our country and um, mm. it is one of the most unique situations and I and I and I and I think that the young men will really enjoy it, um, but it'll be tough. It'll be tough. But I and I tell people all the time, you know, this to me it is about the overall experience for these young men as well. It's not just about the academic piece, which is a big piece. This is not about the football. It's about the quality of the experience. And we could have played a bunch of prep schools, but I felt like taking our kids up here in a Division One stadium, giving them that feeling, maybe that inspire some kid to take that next step to work a little bit harder, just to have that feel of what it feels like to play at that level. So um, I've had the opportunity to do it a lot of times, and, and, and it is a great experience. But for our program, I just think it will take that next step uh, for everybody, um, just playing somebody that prestigious and knowing that they don't play everybody. You know, they, they're very picky and choosy about who they allow to, uh, you know, uh, play them. And I think that says a lot about uh, my reputation and our reputation as a program. 
No doubt. You're taking that reputation to a very prestige place that's got some history and a lot of big guys, but you guys are going to put your big guys up against us. We're live right now with the athletic <laughs> director, head football coach, coach Ryan Williams, is hanging out with us all the way on the Grand Strand, just a few feet away from the Garden City Pier is where he's located right now as the bus is hanging out in some sunshine and some good times up there on the Grand Strand with Myrtle Beach Press on. Now, Coach, You've gotten a lot of ballers in our state, but I've seen it. You're counting them up with a couple of receivers from Virginia, from Tennessee, from Louisiana. I mean, look, guys are coming to you. You don't have to go to them. How great is that to sell not only where you guys are located, but the entire, I would say, portfolio of what you've built over there at Myrtle Beach or at the uh, at the prep school that you're at now? Correct. So, you know, recruiting relationships, everything's relationships, you know, relationship-driven. And I think the fact that, you know, doing this for as long as I have, there's there's college coaches that refer kids to this process. What you never know when you leave another program is how people are going to respond and have that relationship with you. You don't know. I, I, I At least I didn't know. And what I think the beautiful part about it has been everybody's been so supportive. And I think that shows a belief in me and what we're doing and I've had college coaches refer kids. I've had high school coaches in different areas that refer kids that know, I mean, what I've done in the past, and they and they feel comfortable enough. Um, I've had multiple schools, SEC, ACC, the Conference USA Conference that have called us and said, hey, I've got this kid or that kid that I think to use this could really benefit from this. Um, and not only that, I want to really give a great shout-out to the Garden City community, the Garden City uh, Chapel. It's been phenomenal. Those people have been so great to me, and they've been so welcoming. And I could not have done this without, you know, the, the housing that we partner with in the area and the Garden City Chapel. And, 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 and they have uh, really enhanced this experience for us. We're able to show something beautiful to the families when they come in because we're getting kids from all over, you know, and like you said. And so they want to feel comfortable that they're in a safe place when they drop their uh, young men off for the semester with us. As we're hanging out right now on the Grand Strand with Myrtle Beach Preds own head football coach, athletic director, all-in-one, Ryan Williams. Now, Coach, tell us a little bit about the academics. Because I know there's a lot of parents out there that says, okay, we know Junior's going to come up there and he's going he's gonna to crack some hands, he's going to break some tackles, he's going to do things. But what's he going to be doing in the classroom, in the settings of the, of the classroom? Academics, can you speak a little bit about the type of classes they're going to take or, or that are available for them to take? Yes, sir. So academically, pretty much what we do are online high school NCAA accredited course. For young men that need to increase their core GPA for qualification, they're able to come in and take that coursework online daily in a structured class setting with academic advisors on site. Um, that coursework, it's, 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 it's a little bit of a longer process. But essentially what happens is this. The classes that they take here, and the, the, the transcript from high school, they're both sent to the NCAA. And what the NCAA does, they apply the coursework they take here, the NCAA-approved courses, to the high school transcript and work up the new core GPA for qualification. So essentially a kid that would have to go to a junior college for two years to come here for, for the five-month period and get qualified and be in school by January. That's where it's very unique. Not only that, they're going to take a very advanced test prep course about three times a week for the SAT and the ACT, which they will take at a high school locally. Uh, as far as the test, the actual prep will be on site, but the test will be at a local high school. Um, and then uh, basically what I tell people what's unique about our process is that we do have a full functional day 
And so we have what I call enrichment courses, like life skills that we teach as a staff. Um, we have small business. We have a small business a teacher that will come in and work with the young men. It's just different, a life skills course recruiting. So we try to feel well-rounded young men. It's not just football here. That's a block of what they do here. But we really do try to uh, push these guys not only educationally but building them better as people, learning how to balance the checkbook, learning how to eat right, what to put in their bodies. Um, you know, a lot of kids really don't know those things. You, know, you think with as much stuff as at their fingertips, uh, I think they're playing more video games and looking up stuff that can actually be help them get to the next level or can enhance um, their ability to get there. Now let's talk about the other part of it as we're hanging out on the Grand Strand with the athletic director, head football coach, Ryan Williams, of course, all the way from Myrtle Beach Prep. Now, Coach, Twitter, it, it seems to be one of the hottest, easiest, most, uh, I'd say, effective way to connect, follow, and understand a little bit about a young man during this weird time. Tell us the do's and don'ts. When you're looking at Twitter, you see an athlete. Give me the top three do's and hand out the top three don'ts when it comes down to social media. Great question. So I would say the top three do's, um, make sure your header is very informative of your academic standing, height height and weight, um, your name, your real name, you know, not some nickname. And, you know, remember, these coaches are actively on there, and they're looking to – try to find athletes, and if it takes them a long time, remember, there's a lot of other people out there. So you really want to make it easy for them to find you and for you to be accessible. Um, Another thing would be, obviously, to tweet things that are appropriate and do not retweet things that are not appropriate. That's all the way down to the light. If I'm recruiting a kid even here at a postgraduate program, I literally look at everything on the kid's page. I may go back a year sometimes on their timeline. Um, I will go through their life. I will go through their retweets, um, everything. And so I tell guys, don't like or retweet things that you know are just not appropriate. And I think that's a a big deal as well. Um, And so, you know, again, tweet things that are appropriate. And uh, lastly for it, do, I would say, is be active. Be active. I know know you may look at me, Richie, sometimes and go, man, this guy's annoying. He tweets all the time. But what I try to tell you, man, is that you are – that is a platform for you to give yourself a voice and a face. It's not, no matter how much I talk about you, no matter how much you can promote yourself through that platform bigger and better than any other time in the history. And I think that's where young men drop the ball. The guys that are already going into a hole in the shell because, oh, I didn't get anything in February. I'm just going to go into a hole. Well, you can't do that. If you want to play college football or you want another opportunity, you need to be active on either looking for an opportunity and if you've received an opportunity, you need to be promoting yourself using that social media platform because college coaches are using Twitter to recruit. I would say in this time, and I've been through the stone ages of email and all that good stuff, is that if you don't have a college coach's cell phone number, the next best thing is Twitter. Promote yourself through Twitter. Um, and then don't. The don't, I would say, from talking to college coaches are do not spam college coaches. I know that sounds crazy. That is the most annoying thing to them. They do not like it. They do not, they, you know, do not spam them. Do not put them in a tweet with 50 other college coaches and post your film. You know, just don't do it. The better way to do it would be to post your film under one of their statuses or to try to send the film to their DMs. But uh, do not spam them in a, you know, a bunch of tweets 
with a bunch of different college coaches. That's one of the, the don'ts that I, I've heard from them directly. Um, another thing about a don't we go back to, just don't put things out there that are not appropriate, that you won't representing you, because this is a job interview. Your Twitter is a job interview. Um, and so I tell guys, if you, if you want to post different types of stuff, more personal stuff, you may want to get a personal Twitter that's private that you lock up and you kind of have amongst your friends. But still, we want to make sure that we're promoting healthy social media, and, and that's doing the right thing on there. And then another don't I would say is just um, I would say another thing, just don't, you know, again, guys that aren't active, and I know I kind of went pretty much mirror to mirror on both sides, but it's pretty simple. You know, it's pretty simple. You know, you have a free opportunity. Free platform where you can touch anybody in the country, and you can literally—I mean, celebrities, anybody, right? So instead of worrying about all that stuff, it doesn't mean anything to your future right now. Use it for what you're trying to get out of out of it, and that is a chance to promote yourself. Like my Twitter—if I was a young man these days, it would be strictly college coaches. I wouldn't have friends mm-hmm. on there. I wouldn't have—I'm being—I would have sports writers and I have college coaches because I would be using that. Is a device to promote myself. I would not be using it for a social, I mean, an entertainment platform per se. I would have that maybe as a private platform. I mean, another page is for a private platform. But use use that tool because it is what's taking over the game of college football and the recruiting process now. Good stuff here, and I hope the athletes are listening to what our coach and the athletic director over there, Myrtle Beach Prep, that's Ryan Williams, is telling you guys the do's and don'ts and. Doesn't it sound a lot like you've heard before? There's moon, many, many moons here that we've mentioned that, uh, Coach, on our show. The uh, the other question that I've got for you is, what about parents? You know, parents these days pretty active on social media. Do coaches look at the parents and, and, and try to get a feel of the type of athlete they're getting? Because, you know, when you get junior, you get mama, too, and you get daddy, too. Do you guys pay attention to some of the things that maybe they post as well? <laughs> Brother, it's so funny you bringing that up, Richie. You know, I, I tell parents this all the time, and people don't have to believe me. You know, I'll be honest, like, doing it so long, you have a chance to really sit and pick college coaches' brains. That's what I love to do. Um, and you ask them that question all the time. And I saw our families the same thing here. I have dropped families here because of the parents. And I tell families all the time, a college coach, uh, our program here as well, we recruit families. We do not recruit just the student-athletes. So if mom and dad are tweeting derogatory things or they're tweeting things attacking coaches or they're – there's so many kids out here now, they don't need you. They may want you. Understand that, young man, if you're listening on this call. But they don't need you. There's another young man out there that can do what you're doing. So, parents, I tell you, let your young man be the product. Don't don't be overbearing. Don't be out front. You need to let that young man be the product because – there are college coaches that will tell you, I'm not recruiting that kid because of the parents. Or I've heard through the grapevine that mom is an issue or the dad's an issue. And we don't need issues because you have to think of how much stuff in a college program that people have to worry about day to day besides issues. So we're trying to reduce those issues coming through the door. And so I try to explain to families all the time. That's a great point, Richie. Parents, let your kids be the product. You don't be out front. Don't over. Don't overshadow the kids. Don't be on social media talking to the coaches in the kids' inbox. You know, I see a lot of parents now working the kids' Twitter. That is stuff that coaches look at as being an issue, not only 
for the parent, but also the kid can express himself. How mature is he? Can he talk himself? What are his thoughts? I'm trying to recruit the kid. So those are things as a coach that will turn coaches off and they'll back off. And I'm, you know, you you know, believe what you want to believe. But Rich, I appreciate that question because I do think more now than ever, parents are maybe getting too involved and need to back up yeah. a little bit until let it be about the players. Well, we're doing some preaching and teaching on a Thursday over here on Southern Sports Center with Pastor Ryan Williams. He is the coach, the athletic director <laughs> over there, Myrtle Beach Prep, coming to you live from the Grand Strand in Garden City. Not too far from the, the pier, if you will. Garden City, uh, of course, a big-time place to help me raise uh, up as a man. Now, Coach, final thing, uh, we got a lot happening here. What do these young men need to do to reach out to you to be a part of your program going forward, Coach? Yes, sir. So our Twitter is Collegiate MB. At Collegiate MB is our team Twitter page. My personal Twitter page is at Mr. No Offseason. Pretty simple, kind of catchy, kind of did it that on purpose so you guys can remember it. And our website is MyrtleBeachPrep.org, okay? And um, th- that, that's our, our website. And if you guys need anything or any – if it's just to call and learn more about postgraduate football or to reach out to learn more about postgraduate football – we have no uh, problem uh, teaching you guys or, or talking to anybody about the process. Well, Coach, as always, we're greatly, greatly appreciated for all that you're doing, not only on our show, but in our society here in the great state of South Carolina and, of course, what you're doing there on the Grand Strand. I'm making a trip to Myrtle Beach here shortly, man, and when I do – you know, I know where to find you. I grew up right on 3rd Avenue South in Surfside. That's about 12, 14, I think 16 blocks from where you are over there at the chapel. So you, me, and a few of our closest friends will head over to Sam's Corner, grab us a hot dog, and, and have a good conversation. <laughs> Let's do it, brother. Richie, uh, really appreciative of this opportunity, brother. So appreciative. I, I thank you a lot. And if you need anything, brother, just let me know. Looking forward to seeing you in Myrtle. You got a once a month, Coach, if not more, but guarantee you once a month I want you to check in and let's educate and update our, our listeners on what's happening here on the Grand Strand, buddy. God bless you. Take care. Have a great night. God bless you, brother. Amen. Thank you. Uh, one of the pleasures of uh, doing what I do is the people I get a chance to talk to, like that guy right there, Ryan Williams. He's the athletic director, he's the head football coach, and he's the man with the plan from 7 to 7.30 tonight, all the way from Myrtle Beach Prep. Guys, quick break because when we come back, we're not done talking to coaches. Oh, we got another head coach, athletic director, Coach Holland, all the way from Pillion High School right after this, guys. A little bit of that hootie in the blow. Well, a little bit of hootie, no blowfish, but let's get some beers and sunshine on a beautiful Thursday night.
Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Man, it's a pleasure to get you guys. I appreciate you taking some time off the boat and quit doing some fishing and talk some sports with us tonight, man. So, again, uh, a, a, a job that never rests as an athletic director. They say it on T-shirts, uh, you know, uh, no off-season. Well, you guys really, as coaches and athletic directors in one, you don't have an off-season. No, we don't. Uh, you know, and I'm very fortunate. I have, you know, several – system ADs that do a fantastic job, but, you know, the, this weekend's a prime example. You know, we were out of school today because of the uh, weather, and, you know, we spent the afternoon planning on on this weekend. We've got a, a big softball game tomorrow night against uh, Swansea. Uh, our softball team's doing very well, undefeated so far this year, and then we're hosting a large track meet. we got a brand-new brand new facility that our district built for us in the off season, and uh, we're going to get to break that in Saturday morning with our annual Pillion Invitation track meet. So, busy, 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 especially this time of year, you know, in the spring. So, but it, now, You guys, Coach, are, are located right outside in Lexington, South Carolina. Is that right? Yes, sir. We're in southern Lexington County. We're about 10 miles from the Aiken border. So, it, it's, it kind of goes uh, – Red Bank, where we moves at, and you go a little bit west, and you got Gilbert, and then we're kind of at the bottom of the triangle down there, 
uh, with Swansea High School over to to our east a little bit. So we're we're probably in fact I think we are the southernmost school in Lexington County. No doubt about it. You're doing it big over there, of course. Uh, you know tonight. Excited to have these guys in here with us. The Panthers are on the clock here tonight for the next 30 minutes or so as we're hanging out with their athletic director, their head football coach, and I'm sure he would coach many more if he's not done it yet. He'll do it soon, and that, of course, is Coach Holland. Now, uh, we'll talk about the football with you in just a little bit, but it is the spring season, and, of course, you got a lot of reasons to be excited. You talk about your new uh, track facility over there, and, and, and not only do we get to talk track, we get to play run, do the things that they didn't do last year, along with your baseball, your softball, and some of your other spring sports. Coach, uh, with your athletic director hat on, I, I couldn't imagine the relief that you must feel after what you guys had to deal with last year. Yes, it, it was it was a nightmare, you know, quite honestly. And, and I really felt for our seniors uh, last year. Uh, you know, we tried and tried and brainstormed with other ADs in the district, trying to think of things we could do, uh, you know, we, we ended up getting to do a few things, you know, just to kind of recognize them a little bit. But, you know, ultimately their seasons got taken away. And uh, we went into the summertime, um, and we had a directive from, from our superintendent, Dr. Greg Little, uh, you know, we you make sure that spring sports get to play this year, you know. So that was uh, the, the whole thing at the beginning of the year with the flipping of the seasons and such. That was – that was a focal point there was let's make sure we get our spring in, you know, in the fall. And if we don't, then we put them at the end. So we, we're going to play spring sports, but we were, uh, we were devastated for our kids. It was a, it was a tough gig. You know, they, they, nothing that they deserved. Um, we didn't have an answer for them. There was nothing really, really we could say. Uh, but you know, the safe safety was the most important thing at the time. And, uh, you know, un- unfortunately COVID is still with us even today. So we're still uh, taking proper precautions, you know, medical check-in for practice every day, yeah. try to social distance, practice in pods as much as we can, uh, mask wearing when not actively involved in an activity. So we're still on it, you know, and uh, we're right, as of right now, we're, we're good to go. There's some other teams around us that are having some issues, but as of right now, we're okay, and, and we hope it continues that way because we uh, – we're hoping that the bad weather's hopefully gone for the year, and you know, the sun's going to come out uh, first thing in the morning, and uh, we're going to get a good spring season in so we can get these kids taken care of. Maybe that's a theme song I should have played today on our show with the sun's going to come out tomorrow because I know tomorrow is the day that we're all looking forward to getting back out on the field, Coach. Uh, you know, before we talk football, and it is coming up uh, – I see that you're surrounded by some really incredible folks. Of course, the first lady of Pitt and High School would be Miss Jessica, your wife. Of course, you're the dad of Noah, Emma, and Sage. I mean, for you, Coach, you, you, you sacrifice so much to, the, to, to do what you do. And, of course, you've got that support staff over there. Brag a little bit about this amazing family that surrounds you every day, that lifts you up when you're having those days, but yet cheers you on when you get these victories. Well, I'm very fortunate. Uh, you know, we're, we're a pillion family. Um, my son is plays three sports for us. Uh, my two daughters, uh, both run track, one cheers, one plays volleyball. Uh, my wife works at, at pillion elementary school. So we, uh, our family goes to, goes to pillion every day. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, I have my two oldest in the building with me, so I get to see them all day and, uh, you know, our coaching staff is very tight, so my, my oldest daughter is always saying, 
I can't escape your coaches <laughs> during the daytime. They're always <laughs> making sure I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. But I view that as a blessing. You know, I, I, I got, I've been able to coach my son now for – he's coming up on his senior year, and I've been able to coach him uh, since he was in the seventh grade. Uh, my daughters have been cheering the whole time. My wife is actively involved in what we do all the time. She's a great team mom. Uh, she does a, a fantastic job of of uh, understanding that, you know, we're a sports family. That's what we do. That's how we put food on the table. And uh, she's uh, she's remarkable in, in the stuff. You know, she, she listens to me vent and things like that from time to time, but she also doesn't hesitate to tell me to suck it up. You got a job doing family feed, so, you know, suck it up and go do your job, you know. So uh, I'm very blessed, very fortunate. I know a lot of guys that uh, – you know, their kids may be at other schools, and, and that was a commitment we made when we came to Pillion was that our children were going to go here because we feel like that's in, – in the sports world, we feel like that's that's the way you do your best job. Hey, no doubt. You showed me an, you showed me a great coach. I'll show you an incredible spouse. Of course, I know Miss Jessica uh, fits that mold very well, Coach. And, again, I mean, I tell you, you got to write in the right place because she's, she's molding that pipeline to you at the elementary kids. She's getting them right early. So the, by the time you guys get them up to the high school level, they're ready to go. They already know what's expected out of Coach Holland because they had Coach Holland in elementary school. Now they get the easier side of them up there uh, when it comes to the high school side, huh? That's probably so. And we do our, our elementary schools. We have a, a reading program in the summertime where our kids go to uh, both of our elementary schools, Pigeon Elementary and Forest Pond. And, uh, you know, we send them down after weightlifting in the mornings and they go read to the kids. And, and play with the kids a little bit. And, uh, you know, we try to send them in a jersey. So, you know, we, we, we want them to understand, you know, this is, this is what you do when you get of age is you're going to come play sports for us, you know. And, uh, you know, Jessica, she does a heck of a job down there facilitating a lot of that stuff and making sure the kids get in. And, you know, our kids, our team's over here at our house a lot. You know, we, uh, we, we cook a lot for them. And, we, you know, we have a pool in the backyard, so they – they like to come over in the summertime and, and if this, that, and the other and watch a football game. So we're pretty tight-knit, tight-knit group. And, uh, you know, we're, like I told you earlier, we're, we're just very fortunate because a lot of people don't get it as good as we have it. And we don't take it for granted. You know, we work hard every day. And, uh, you know, she works just as hard as the rest of them. And the kids understand that they're, they're kids of a coach. And, you know, we we kind of run our house like a football team a lot of times, you know. Uh, uh, sometimes I might be the coordinator and Jessica might be the head coach. But, you know, it's it, it worked so far. And, uh, you know, our our kids have good friends down there. We've got we've got good kids at Pillion. And, and uh, you know, we, we really enjoy it and have a good time with it. Well, we're having a good time with our head football coach over there at Pillion High School. He's also the athletic director, Coach Holland giving us an update on the family there that, of course, uh, Coach, again, that to me is, is something that I enjoy as much as anything when I talk to you coaches. I like to know the backstory. I can read the stats. I mean, those are easy to find on the world of social media, but it's the backstory, the reason that you're at Pillion. So let me ask you, what landed you in Pillion over there, of course, uh, to do the things that you do day in and day out? Well, uh, we had we were – down at Hunter Connor Tyler uh, High School in, in Orangeburg, in, in Orangeburg, Senior, and had been down there for two or three years. And before that, I was at Barnwell for a time, and we had played uh, Pillion. Uh, we were in the region with them in those days, and uh, was always impressed with the facilities, you know, was always impressed with the way the kids 
uh, carried themselves. Uh, ben Freeman, uh, he retired. I took over for him. Uh, he's very well respected in, in high school sports as a football coach and an athletic director. Um, he's in multiple halls of fame. So, you know, it, we had always kind of kept our eye on a little bit, you know, kind of thought it was a would be a good fit for us. And uh, Coach Freeman retired, and, and uh, I, I went after full steam, and I was lucky. I had, uh, you know, the principal at that time, Clark Cooper, he was a former collegiate athlete at Citadel, and he and I had some mutual friends, and I was able to talk with him briefly one day, and um, I, I told him I wanted to come come be his head football coach and athletic director, and of course he had to he had to play the administrator role and said, "Well, you got to put an application first. <laughs> well, that's fine. You know, we can handle that. But um, we always thought it was just a good place. You know, it was a uh, you know very tight knit community, a very small community, uh, but. You know, over the years, they, they always had good players. You know, they had the Step Brothers, they, you know, Dalton Freeman, um, uh, Skipper. You know, there was a, there was a lot of guys in there that were really good players. And uh, I'm an offensive line guy. I played offensive line in high school and college, and I was always enamored with their offensive line. And they always had the biggest kids, best looking kids. And I, you know, thought to myself, one of these days, I want to coach some kids like that. You know. And I was fortunate. I had some of those at HKT also, you know. So uh, we we're happy now. We we moved to Lexington 18 months ago. Uh, we're about 12 miles from the school, and uh, it's been a good fit for us. We really enjoy it. And I'll I'll be the first to tell you, Pillion High School is a hidden gem in the Midlands as far as academics go. We have wonderful teachers. Uh, we send yep. kids, you know, all over the place, you know, to, to high end school. We've got two of them going to West Point, you know, coming up this year. So, uh, you know, our teachers do a fantastic job. They truly care for the kids. They get to know the kids because we, you know, our class sizes are small, and uh, and we're we're just glad we're glad and lucky to be a part of. It. Now you can look it up on the map in Pillion, South Carolina, a population of 723. That's as of 2021, and I don't have the actual <laughs> month that they released this one. But, Coach, I, I got to tell you, small town USA is what Friday Night Lights are all about. I mean, we look at 5A, which was, used to be 4A, and a Sweet 16 and all the other things. But, but to me, when I, when I went to the Barnwell game, and, and I've seen some other schools that have played in the smaller uh, facets of football. To me, that's that's why I do this. That's the thing that you hear Marty Smith talking about on that ESPN segue where he talks about the smell of the grass and the attitude and the atmosphere. I mean, still today in one through maybe even three and four, but definitely one through three, these stands are packed. The stadium is loaded from wall to wall, and people are just – that's where they are. They shut the town down, still one through 3A football around the state of South Carolina, Coach. Yeah, you hope so. I mean, every Friday night, I'll, I'll never forget. You know, I, I grew up in, in, up in Prosperity on the other side of the lake at, at Mid-Carolina High. And when Mid-Carolina went and played uh, Newberry, went and played Chapin, you know, all of the town went over there. And, and it was vice versa when, when they came to us. And this is the same way here when we go play Gilbert, you know, which is our one of our big rivals, or Swansea, which is another big rival. That, that's kind of our town versus their town, and and that's what it's supposed to be like. It's 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 there's there's no game like this, and um, we enjoy that atmosphere. Um, I I tell I tell our kids all the time when we're training in the off season. 
I say, look, when you run out from under those ble- under that goalpost on Friday night, everybody wants to be you. The difference is everybody doesn't want to be you in February when you're in that weight room or in July when you're out here and it's a 1,000 degrees and we're trying to get you ready, you know, conditioning-wise. And I said, that's what makes football players special. And uh, we, don't, we don't hesitate to tell our kids, you know, that they're special because of what they do. And I think the small-town atmosphere has a lot to do with that, and, and especially in, in our county, because uh, now, you know, Lexington plays White Knoll. You know, that's the town of Lexington versus Red Bank. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still like that here in South Carolina, and I'm proud of that. And uh, I hope it continues. And, and, and there's usually, you know, we, we play golf a lot over here in Swansea at Hidden Valley, and you're always going to run up against some Swansea guys over there. It's kind of going to give us a stink eye a little bit, want to know why we're over there playing golf. Well, we don't have a golf course at billion. So, we enjoy that atmosphere. I think that's what it's all about. I think that's what makes it special. I think that's what memories are made and uh, brothers are made and sisters are made and, and relationships are made from high school that, that are like no other. And I think that's got a lot to do with it is a town versus town. Hanging out tonight on the town, of course. We're in Pillion, South Carolina, on the campus of Pillion High School with their athletic director, head football coach, of course, that's Coach Holland here with us tonight. Let's talk about your boys in, in the fall, man. I tell you what, if my numbers are right, and if not, I'll figure it out after the show. Five and two, three and zero oh in your in the region of two. Of course, it's it's two A football region five, but you went undefeated in your region at three and zero. Oh. You went five and two overall. You beat the Barnwell boys. It looks like, Coach. You beat a bunch of other dogs over here on this roster as well. But in a season that we had no idea if it was going to become a, a factor, you guys made it a reality and you did it in a season that quite frankly you had to do it on the fly with going with I thought pretty impressive season five and two something to hang your hat on with all the other adversities off the field yes we were we were very pleased with our year we were actually shut down for two weeks at the beginning of it because of COVID exposure I had uh, uh, several coaches and several players that had it so we actually got shut down for two weeks and our kids did a heck of a job when we came back of, of getting ready and you know, we 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 have a group now that they show up every day, uh, they work hard, they're very coachable, they do what we ask when we have to get on them. They understand it's because we want them to be good, and we're doing it for their benefit. And that paid off for us this year. And and, and we were very fortunate. You know, we had two difference-making kids, in Deshantez Gray and 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 Will Jeffcoat. Both of those guys signed with, with West Point and will be attending West Point in the fall. Uh, and those guys have graduated, and we, didn't, we only graduated uh, seven seniors. And so we've got a ton coming back. We're just going to have to find some guys that's going to step up and, and be those leaders that those guys were. And, and I feel very confident that's going to happen. One of the things about the group we've got right now is they're, they're fun to be around. They're a fun bunch of kids, and, and, and it, it's fun to get out there on the, on, the, on the practice field with them, no matter if it's 1,000 degrees or if it's 45. Uh, you know, you want to go to war with them on Friday night because, they, you know, they love it, and, and their parents are, are very supportive. And, you know, winning takes care of everything nowadays. So we've, we've kind of got on a little bit of a roll. Um, we were, you know, last year was kind of a year where, you know, we we were going to play Barnwell at Barnwell, coming right back off of quarantine, 
And, you know, I told the kids, I said, we can win this game. You know, I said, you know, obviously, if you go to Barnwell and beat Barnwell down there, you've done something. Because that's, a, that's, a, that's football USA there. And, uh, yes, you know, Dwayne Garrick and his guys do a great job down there. And uh, we, we went down and played well in all facets of the game and uh, got out of there with a win and kind of got on a little bit of a roll. And, uh, you know, then we had, we had to play Dr. Jerry Brown at Wade Hampton to win it and uh, uh, beat them in a defensive struggle at our place. So it was a, it was a fun year, uh, probably my most fun year of coaching, you know, just because of, of seeing some success with kids that previous year had not had very much. And, and they believe, you know, we, we worked hard even through the, the COVID rules in the summertime uh, that were, you know, kind of held you back. You know, it was like t- we finally got to practice for real and taking the reins off of them, and it was, it was great. You know, they, they laughed and joked and had a good time and got our work in and got on a little bit of a roll and were able to run the football and didn't turn the football over. And usually if you do those things, good things are going to happen. So we hope coming up this, this year, coming up shortly here in May, you know, we're fired up again and, and, uh, and uh, see, what, see what we can do. We're hanging out here, wrapping it up with the athletic director, head football coach, of course, and that is on the campus of Pillion High School with the one and only Coach Holland here with us on Southern Sports Central. Now, Coach, the best news you guys got all day was a few weeks, or about, about now a month and a half ago, from our South Carolina High School League over there saying that there will be, and I quote with big, huge red letters, there will be a spring season with sports in the fall, practicing in the spring. Now, how excited, as an athletic director, how excited are you as a head football coach to get your guys and maybe a few girls maybe on the field there with you to do the uh, the preseason work so that you guys can be ready come August? We're very excited. Uh, you know, we we still, we you know, we train the whole off season. And I'll, I'll, our guys play multiple sports. You know, we encourage our guys to wrestle. Uh, we our wrestling program played uh, wrestled for the lower state this year and lost to Bamberg in a tight match. Um, but we encourage our guys to play multiple sports. We think that's a healthy thing to do in high school. But we've also we got a uh, you know our district built a brand new weight room for us. We moved into it in October, and it's state of the art. And we have a, a full time strength and conditioning guy you know that, that's in there with them. We have football classes during the day so they can lift during the day and go to their sport in the afternoon. So we're excited about it, and, and they've they've done a good job in the offseason. You know, we've, we've put on some quality weight and got some good numbers. And, uh, you know, spring is, is, is spring ball is always is kind of difficult in a way, you know, because you, you want to be careful. You don't want to uh, – you know, you, you're going to get new kids out during spring, kids that are saying, well, I'd like to give it a try. And uh, – uh, we we always want to get those kids out, and we don't want to beat them up, and we don't want to run them off, and we don't want to be, you know, letting them know that this is the worst thing you've ever done in your life. Because spring can be difficult because there's no game to look forward to. So you have to be careful. It's a fine line there between getting your work in but also taking care of the kids. And then typically when we get done with spring ball in May, we typically give them, you know, three or four days off. Tell them, go be kids, you know, go to the lake, you know, mm-hmm. go – Go hang out with your friends, you know, things like that. Before we start our summer program, this year is going to be a little better for us because we don't we don't actually get out of school until the middle of June. So we're actually going to have our kids in there with us during the first half of June 
So we we tell them you can't escape. <laughs> so you you're just gonna keep doing what we're doing, and uh, uh, but yeah, we're we're excited for spring ball. We we always are. Uh, you know, me being the athletic director, I haven't coached anything since you know the fall, so I get a little antsy. And uh, my other guys are, are ready to go. My staff's ready to go. You know, they uh, uh, they've been working hard in the other sports that they coach, but. There's always the eye on football coming up in May. No doubt about it. And the eye, of course, right now as we are hanging out on the campus of Pillion High School virtually with the bus pulled right up front with their athletic director, head football coach, all in one here with us tonight, wrapping it up with Coach Holland. Now, Coach, the final thing I ask you, you know, you've been around, you've seen a lot of things. This was a different season. Of course, we only had a couple of teams that could get in the playoffs. We had a shortened season. We started after Labor Day. I mean, all of these things. And you and I both know it's coming to the forefront over there at the high school league with our commissioner, Jerome Singleton. Do you like starting after Labor Day? Do you like having a smaller season? What, what do you like to see going forward? Or do you want to keep it the same and keep this thing moving? Uh, I would like to see us go back to our regular schedule, uh, you know, 10 weeks, uh, 10 games in 11 weeks. Um, it would not hurt my feelings any for them to back it up some um, due to the heat. Uh, that that would not would not cause me to lose any sleep. Um, but I'm not in favor of of only two teams making the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I think their third place teams in a lot of regions are very deserving to go to the playoffs. In some regions, maybe even a fourth place team. And our coaches association, South Carolina Football Coaches Association, has put together a, a good proposal, you know, for some things. They, we filled out multiple surveys, you know, and uh, we're trying to get them get a get a little bit more of a voice when it comes with the high school league, you know, to hey, we're the ones with the boots on the ground. We we think we know best, and no sport is more regulated than football, and and it, but we're probably also the most careful guys in the world because. We practice when it's a thousand degrees with a helmet on your head and shoulder pads. So we we look out for our own, and, and we know what we need to do, and we know how to get it done. But uh, it would not break anybody's heart, I don't think, to bump things back a couple of weeks. Uh, I know the All Star Games, state championship venues, things like that, have kind of hindered that over the years. But that's a very small group of kids that play in those games, and and to hold the rest of the league back because of that, I think those games need to be a little bit more flexible in order for us to do what's best for our kids as far as maybe moving the season back because we're counting the jamboree. I think this year we played three games during the month of August. And in my opinion, nowadays that's probably one or two too many in my opinion. So I'd like to see us back it up. But I don't want to shorten it, and I don't. I, I don't think two teams making the playoffs is, is healthy for our league. Uh, I think that causes uh, coaches to lose jobs, and I think that causes kids to miss out on the playoffs, and I think that causes us to lose money in the long run. But that's just my opinion. Hey, it's a pretty solid one. As we wrap it up here, we want to thank Coach Holland and his family. Thank. You. Of course, uh, your wife and the kids there for allowing you to hang out with us here, Coach, for the last 30 solid minutes. Dropping a ton of knowledge, Coach. I love it. i got to get you back on because the next time it's, we're, we're going to talk about the fishing pole stuff because I see you like to fish 
And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get a couple of you guys. We've got a coach over at Hanahan. He likes to fish, too, Coach Art Craig. Maybe I'll get a bunch of us, and we'll hit a deep-sea fishing trip or something. But uh, I appreciate what you do seven days a week, 365, because being the athletic director, you don't have a day off. And then what you do during the spring and the summers and, of course, the fall. Of course, that's uh, when you're coaching a lot of football in different ways, Coach. Again, uh, thanks for all that you do and coming on here tonight with us as well. All right, thank you guys for having for having me. And uh, you tell Art Craig I'll outfish him any day. <laughs> <laughs> we will tweet it right away, sir. No worries, and I expect to see that out of he and I, real soon. <laughs> he and I fish together a lot, so tell him he do, he knows who the best fisherman is. <laughs> so, I got you. But hey, thanks for having <laughs> this me. This is why on. I do what I do. <laughs> you guys have a good one. Thank you. All right, coach. There you go, Eugene. I know you know what to do with this. We will be taking a quick short break here on Southern Sports Central because we got to load up a wrestler. He's hanging out with a couple of those guys up there winning some state championships over at Hillcrest. Is next, the big man. That is Thomas Snipes right out of this break, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. Moves and you're doing big things, man. Tell us a little bit about 
who is Ian McKnight, man? Give us your old backstory, how many years you've been wrestling and your classification and your weight. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm just a, an average guy. Uh, I've been wrestling since I was uh, in fourth grade. Um, this year I was at 195 um, in the 5A for Hillcrest. and I mean, just doing doing what I do. An average guy, 195, just doing it what I do with the state championship. Brother, that's not average, by the way. <laughs> average dudes don't win state championships. I don't know if you got the memo or a lot, but, man, that's a big thing, man. When did it hit you that you're a state champion in, in 2021 in a year that they didn't even think you guys were going to put on the wrestling, you know, unities or anything, man? What, when did it hit you that you just did the unthinkable? Um. Honestly, I don't really know. I mean, I I had won a state championship last year, but I, I just felt like, um, you know, this year I might have had it easy, but I, I just knew I was going to go out there and like, give the best I could. When I won, it uh, it kind of took me a second. I had to step back and, like, you know, stop critiquing myself for once and uh, kind of accept the fact that I did something that uh, not a lot of people get the chance to do. Yeah, no doubt, man. By the way, you said uh, you got two state championship rings. So there's no – it gets better. That's why I love having you guys on here. So I watched you guys wrestle. Tell us a little bit about who you went against in the 195 and, and who you guys wrestled against. I, I'm aware of it, and, of course, Eugene is. But for our listeners, kind of set the stage with me, man. When you guys got to the, the arena and you saw the match, the team on the other side coming off the bus, man, walk us through that special day. Um, well, honestly, uh, I think in the finals I had, um, a kid from White No, I don't fully remember his name, but before that match, you know, I kind of, I watched the match to find out who I was wrestling. And, um, I mean, just to look at the kid, see kind of what he had in this kit. And then, um, me and, uh, me and my friend, we, uh, changed singlets so we'd be matching. And, uh, I was kind of just hyping myself up mentally telling myself that uh, kind of with this, the change of the singlet, uh, I was going to be the best version of myself, and that's, that's who I was going to put out on the mat. You did that, brother, not only once but twice. Uh, you've done it with two state championship rings, my friend. And I see in, in the pictures that our graphic department, they're kind of putting you up against the Hulk, man. You got, like, that signature haircut, man. What's, what's the <laughs> method behind all this madness, man? Is that a mullet? What, what, what you got going on over there? <laughs> Uh no, I just had um I just have like long curly hair and uh this year yeah. they got rid of the um, the hair cap rule. So usually we had to wear a little slicker that would keep our hair in our headgear. But this year they got right. rid of that and so it was just time to let the mane flow. <laughs> and you did it with a ring at the end of it all, man. What great way to end it is we're hanging out in Fountain Inn with Hillcrest, of course, uh on the uh on the menu here tonight. They win Win, 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 and keep winning more and more. Uh, You know, when you start to kind of look at your time at at, at Hillcrest and you've seen all the big things that you've done, tell us us a little bit more, man. What what, what makes Hillcrest wrestling so special? You guys got a great coach who's been on the show with us. You got your teammate coming in here in just a few. But what makes Hillcrest so special when it comes to what you guys do on that mat? Honestly, uh, I just think it's it's definitely the coaches. I mean, the coaches and the mentality – Beginning of the year, we kind of set a mindset and just have the kids buy into it. 
you know, we usually we have a lot of tough kids. We have a lot of new kids that usually come in too. And it's just kind of right. instilling in them that, you know, you're going out there, somebody around your age, around your weight, and it's just time to prove that not 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 necessarily that you're better than them, but just that you have the mindset that you're going to go out there and do what you have to do and give it your all. Hanging out with a state champion, two-time state champion, eat your heart, Kurt Angle, as we're hanging out with the one and only Ian McKnight here tonight all the way from Fountain Inn, South Carolina, the campus of Hillcrest High School. Man, I watch you guys, you know, when I get a chance to go to wrestling matches, and I and I love it, man. And I wasn't really on the same language with you guys because I didn't quite understand it until about three years ago. In our studio, not too far from Somerville High School, Coach Tucker, uh, another great coach uh, that puts out a lot of great athletes like yourself around the state. You know, and, and I watch you guys walk around. And, and, of course, most of you guys probably have headsets on and you're getting ready to go and, and do what you do and, and put in that job during your match. What goes through your mind? What are you telling yourself as I see you guys walk around right before maybe two or three matches before they call your number? Um, I mean, it's different for each one of us. I know a lot of us listen to music. Some of us listen to music to get us hyped up. Some of us listen to, like, soft and slow music, you know, just to keep our emotions under under control. And uh, But me personally, I mean, usually get up, like three matches before mine and just kind of tell myself that uh, it's a team sport. I mean, but you're also going out there and I'm the only one on the mat, so I have to go do what I have to do. You know, I have to cheer my teammates on, win or lose. And, uh, you know, I just kind of keep myself focused, make sure my legs are stretched out and everything. And, yeah. So what year are you? And you might have said this earlier, man. I'm just so excited to have you guys in here talking about state championships and a season that we didn't even think was that. What year are you classification-wise? Uh, I'm a senior. This is it, man. You did it in style. Class of 21, doing it big. I love I, that's, that's awesome, man. I mean, for you to know, and, I, and my heart goes out to you, and we actually had another wrestler on earlier tonight uh, from North Central up there. Of course, Caleb Haven joined us, and I think your teammate's going to join us in a minute, Simon Snipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you guys to, to be able to, to win a state championship, man, to, to do the unthinkable, to complete the task that you started three years ago and on your fourth year, and I feel for you because there was no prep rally, right? I mean, that's something that you yeah. guys, you're going to miss that. You missed on. I get it. But I don't know. There's a side of me that thinks I would trade a pep rally for a state championship ring any week, man. How about you? What, what's been the biggest moment for you in this senior season that, you know, that you'll remember when it comes down to your, your chapter here in high school over there doing it big at Hillcrest? Um, honestly, just really seeing the, my, my teammates, like their, their reaction when um, we went out there and we did what we had to do and we took care of business and we won a state title because a lot of them are, you know, first or second year kids. They had just come up on a team who had a whole bunch of really good seniors that left, and you know, they kind of put in their heads that maybe, maybe that maybe we're not going to win this year because and we had a whole bunch of good kids leave, but they were just they were just tough, and they said, ah, we don't need them. We're just going to do it this year. We're going to do it. It's our championship, and I really think they just went out there and did what they had to do, and that was really the best part of this year is just seeing them put in the work and put in the effort. Two-time state champion, class of 21, by the way, graduates here in a few months. And I got to tell you, 
this cat is going to be successful no matter what he decides to do in this next chapter in life. And I can't wait to watch this young man, Ian McKnight, do it big as he comes to us live from Hillcrest High School in Fountain Inn, South Carolina, the one and only big-time state championship. Now, it's a team sport, yet there's some individualism here. Tell me about wrestling, man. It's one of the most different sports that I've ever followed or kept up with. I never, I never played it, never wrestled in it. But yet you guys are a team, but you wrestle individually at certain weights. I mean, there's so much going on. Tell us, uh, break it down to what makes wrestling so much different than any other sport that we have available to us in high school. Um, really just, yeah, I, I would have to say that the uh, thing that makes it real different is the fact that it is a team sport, but it is also individual. Because, um, I mean, there's 14 weight classes. You pretty much you work out with each other. Like, you you can't go out there and wrestle by yourself. you got to have a partner. you got to have somebody that helps you get 1% better every day. And when it comes to the team aspect, it's it's not about yourself. It's whether you win or lose, you got to come off the mat. you got to shake it off. you got to get ready to help support your team. And then after playoffs, then you can be selfish. Then, then you can focus on your own goals. But as long as you're, you know, in it to win it, then you got to stick together and wrestle for each other. I love it. And to win it, and he's done it twice, by the way. Two rings on his fingers there for state championships, the one and only, of course, Ian McKnight. Now, you're going to graduate here in just a few months. You're going to go to college. You're going to get an education. Are you going to continue to do the thing we like to talk about here tonight, and that is wrestle? Um, I put a lot of thought into it, and uh, but I don't think I'm going to end up wrestling in college, mainly just because um, I've, I've done a lot of high school sports. I've been wrestling for a while. And honestly, I really feel like it's built me built me up as a person. And I mean, I I've gotten all that I need to get out of high school sports, and I'm really I feel comfortable in taking this next step next step of my life by myself. And you say it with a plural, by the way, sports. So tell us a little bit about before we talk about where you're going to head in your next chapter. What other sports have you been able to participate in, and, and, and that you've enjoyed in your time in this chapter of high school, buddy? Um, well, in high school, I uh, started uh, track and field. One of my friends uh, got me into it, and uh, Hillcrest didn't really have a lot of throwers at the time. And so I decided I would, you know, come out and try to see what it was about, and I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I wasn't the best, but uh, I still really enjoy, you know, the atmosphere that the, the track team has. It reminds me a lot of the wrestling team. And, uh Yeah. Well, you know, I think wrestling and track, you know, if there was a similarity in, in the way the team is built, right, you guys do go as a team, but you do compete individually, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of a similarity uh, that you two guys would have. Are you, are you, are you in yeah. track right now? Yeah, the um, season started a few weeks ago. What's it like, man? Is it nice? I know last year didn't happen, right? I mean, that was a tough part. You did wrestle, but you didn't get a chance to get on that track. What's it like being around your teammates? And, and again, I know you got that ring that you're able to kind of walk around with, but you got a new mission because you're on a different team doing a different thing. What was it, what's it like in the last couple of weeks of being out there in the spring and, and, and taking in the opportunity to finish what you started, and that is sports in spring and, of course, graduating here in a few months? I mean, honestly, it's really just fun. I have uh, some of the my teammates from wrestling, they also came out and threw, and it's just – I mean, it's really an atmosphere that is uh, I really enjoy because it's um, even though it is a team sport, there are individual aspects, 
We really just go out there and challenge each other and uh, try to get better. And uh, it kind of sucks that um, with the spring, did come a little bit of rain up here, so we haven't been able to practice every day like I'm used to. But that's all right. No doubt about it. It is all right. Now, let me ask you this. You'll graduate. You'll walk that stage. You'll get that diploma. You'll start that new chapter that the good Lord's going to open up for you here in just a few months. What, what's what's next, man? What's in the next chapter uh, for Ian McKnight when you, when you graduate high school over there and get to walk across that stage in a few months? <laughs> well, um, I know I'm definitely going to college for mechanical engineering. I haven't narrowed it down to where yet, but um, that's, I mean, that's really just what I'm focused on is making sure I've got the good grades and everything to be able to get into the schools that I want. Well, brother, I tell you this, in, in behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, myself, Eugene, of course, all of our other shows that are on this broadcast as well, man. We're, we're so proud of you, man. We're so proud of the young man that you have become, all the legacies and things that you've built during this chapter of, uh, of course, high school sports, man. It's something that I'm going to tell you this, and I'm 43 years old, dude. I, I look back at my days in high school, even though I played college baseball, it, it's something I'll never forget, playing sports in high school. It's just a different feel. It's a different – it's just relationships that you built that you look back on, that you'll go back to this reunion – of course, I'm sure you'll have at least one, if not both of your rings on, and you'll be excited, and you should be. Never forget. I don't mm-hmm. care how bad things get for you going in your future. Go back to looking at that state championship ring this year, brother, and if you don't ever believe anything at all, and that is that you can get through it if you just keep pushing. And you did that this year, Absolutely. and we're so proud of you. We can't wait to watch you, buddy. Thank you. All right, buddy. Hey, enjoy the rest of the night. And, uh, again, uh, we're, we're going to be joining. We're doing your teammates in just a little bit, buddy. But we want to thank you, your family, for allowing you guys to, to be a part of our show tonight. Of course, your coach, your administration, and all of you guys doing it big at Hillcrest. Hey, man, and the best of luck to you this year in the spring. And I can't wait, again, uh, to see some big things coming out of that. And, again, wherever you choose to go to school, I, I know the good Lord above is going to bless you, man. But good luck, congratulations, and we'll talk soon, Ian. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you, and thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, the class of 21, doing it big on Southern Sports Central tonight. Another state champion joins us here. Two-time state champion is Ian McKnight, a, of course, a big-time wrestler up there at Fountain Inn, South Carolina. He wrestles for Hillcrest. He's on the track team, doing big things. He'll graduate here in the next couple of months, we can't wait to watch uh, where he goes next. And, 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 Eugene, I'll bring you in here as we've got a few minutes before we head over to talk to his teammate, Thomas Snipes, I believe, is who will be coming in next from Hillcrest as we keep the bus there on that campus. But, you know, he's exactly right. And, and, and if you're still listening, Ian, I'm going to tell you something, buddy. There are many days in my life that I look back at what I learned in sports that gets me through what I do in my day-to-day job, right? Yes, I do Southern Sports Central. There are times you'll hear me on Friday Night Football on ESPN. You'll hear me possibly see me on certain sports channels, all right? That happens. But there's a job that I do also, 9 to 5, that it, it is what, because I learned from my coaches and my players and, and, and my teammates, because I've coached them as, as well, that that's what gets me through. It, it's the, the degree in athletics that has gotten me through the days that I don't know if I want to get through it, but somehow, some way, I remember that one day that I pushed through, whether it was on a mound or a football field, and I wasn't feeling my best, but I knew that I had those around me depending on me to be better, to be the difference, to be the, the guy that got the job done. And for me, you know, I, I look back, and Eugene, I know you played high school sports as well, man, but 
you know, it, it's a different deal, man. And, and it's a vibe and an energy and, 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 a, and, a, and a bond, a brotherhood for us that, that I always go back to and still today have great relationships with those guys that I played sports in high school with. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you look back, and it's not just that. You know, you think about the coaches um, uh, a couple of months ago. Gosh, it must have been early on in the It must have been around April. You know, you're looking at Facebook, and there was a coach that uh, not only coached football, but he's kind of a, a one of – before they called him a student concern specialist, he was labeled as an assistant principal, also coached the Sandlot uh, baseball team where I grew up and, and kind of the hood there at Neal's Crossroads and Roundo. Uh, and you saw him pass, and you just see, like, people, you know, in social media that jumped on, you know, saying their condolences, and you're looking through the list, and you're like, wow, I haven't seen that dude. And you start thinking, how long ago did I graduate? Oh, man, now we're at 25 years. Has it really been 25 years since I've been in high school? Because we're in high school, you go through days, and you're like, this is never going to end. I'm never going to get out of this place. You know, and then you look back, and it's 25 years ago. You've been out of school longer than you were in school, and that's when it kind of hits you in the in the gut that wow, you know, I mean, not only that you feel a little old maybe, but you know that you look back and you can still remember these things. Remember when we had um, you know the head coach on from Union the other night and I said, man, I'm going to come see those facilities, but I need you to take that 1995 banner down because that still hurts, <laughs> you know. And he started laughing because now we keep them state championships, you know, prominently displayed, and was, you know. So you still remember that stuff, man. That was 26 years ago for that one. Uh, but, you know, it, it is kind of interesting. And, you know, like you said, though, I, I, I don't have a beef with that. If he's done, he's done. My man has put in, you know, multiple sports right. and, and one state titles. You know, and mechanical engineering, as you know, your nephew studies that. Not an easy yeah. major. Man, you're not showing up to class. I mean, you know, you see Jeremiah put in seven days a week, and that's in high school. Um, so, it's pretty tough, so maybe, you know, like you said, but he has learned a lot of things like discipline and uh, hard work, and that should make, you know, for him to be very successful in college and a career. But um, so just to let you know, getting going on the NCAA tournament, uh, final, uh, the first of four, almost said final four, the first of four, uh, who would have thought Drake, a school we actually do know something about, and um, Wichita State which we kind of knew something about as well, or actually only it's a 43 to 42. Uh, Drake is holding close. Uh, Drake is a school that apparently is number one in analytics in the entire nation. That's where quarterback Sean Cooney from Oceanside is now attending uh, Drake University. Of course, Wichita State is uh, coached, I believe, still coached by Greg Marshall. I recall he got into a little bit of a, an issue with some things he some words he said to some players. I'm not really sure if he's still there. So, uh, when they go back after this commercial, now that we had a minute, I wanted to ch- cut away and see what the scores were so we could update everybody. We'll see if uh, Greg Marshall's still on the sidelines. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that kind of works out. Again, you know, that's the fun part. And, and again, we're, we're going to have the opportunity to talk about so many different sports. I know baseball's up and running at multiple levels. You're going to start hearing the, the major league guys are going to get after it. How about the NFL draft? coming up. I mean, now what about the NFL trade? I mean, you got guys going everywhere. The young man that's down there in the lower part of the low country that used to be somewhere, uh, of course, I know you and I have talked about this kid before, but he's actually heading over to Seattle. A.J. Green, who has been in Cincinnati forever, is going to Arizona, the Cardinals. There is not a year that I can remember 
that I'm going to have to have a program on so many different teams because they have moved so many guys around this year, more than I've ever seen. Yeah, we're going to have to get um, the coach in up from Hilton Head because uh, Puna Ford was his guy. Puna Ford came out of high school down there in Hilton Head for the University of Texas. Uh, I don't yep. remember where he was last year. It might have been the Raiders or somebody, but can you imagine growing up in Hilton Head, South Carolina, and going almost as far geographically and staying in the continental United States? Now, I know Alaska and Hawaii are states that are not really considered continental United States, uh, which doesn't make sense to me with that term. But anyway, from going from Hilton Head all the way to Seattle, but, you know, as we saw today, you know, he's signing that uh, contract with, uh, you know, Coach Pete Carroll behind him. Uh, you know, he, he's getting paid some big money. This guy's already made – you know, signing that second deal does two things. One, that's usually a bit more guaranteed money. That's usually some bigger money. But if you are fortunate enough to get a second contract in the NFL, that means one key thing. That means you're vested. That means you get that retirement. You, If you make it past the four or five years and get that second deal, that means you get a little bit of that money for life. So congrats to him. Uh, you know, he'll play out this contract or, or whatever. Maybe get a third contract. We'll see. But either way, uh, you know, he's come out of Hilton Head. He was a guy that everybody said was too small. I believe he was something like uh, five foot ten and a half, five foot eleven. Everybody said he was too small to play defensive tackle in the SEC and ACC. Goes over to Texas, does really well. Now he's played in the NFL and signed a second uh, second contract. By signing that second contract, I think he's proved everybody it's the it's the size of, it's not the size of a dog. It's the size of the fight in that dog. You know, that dog's 5'11", by the way, 5'11", 310 pounds of just making that money, doing it big and representing the low country here in Charleston. Well, right just south of Charleston, as I almost mentioned, of course, earlier you, you heard Eugene talking about Hilton Head High School, which is where he played his uh, high school days here in the great state. Let's take a quick break. Let's give you a little bit of a motivation from our big guy, E.T., talking about staying true. Right after this, we'll come back. We'll stay on the campus at Hillcrest. Coming up is Thomas Snipes right there on that campus of Hillcrest High School. Guys, don't go anywhere. What do you got to do to separate yourself? What time is that? What time are they getting up? Good. So you need to be up at least by what? Seven. Am I better than the other motivational speakers? I don't know if I'm more talented than them. I just know I get up at 3 o'clock and put my videos out first. I just know I do five a day. So if you're actually better than me, nobody will know. I'm separating myself. I'm putting myself out on Sunday night in the shy, but in the world, it's Monday. So what are you doing to separate yourself? Two, three more. Talk to me. What are you doing? Wake up early. I love it. What are you doing? Accountability. Coach ain't got to tell you. Your mama ain't got to tell you. Your daddy ain't got to tell you. But that's what happens when you got an entitled spirit and you think you're there already. You don't hold yourself accountable. Just because a man is on top one day, it don't mean he's going to be on top forever. And just because you're not on top today don't mean you ain't going to be on top forever. Like, don't try to be something. You, like, don't listen to stuff on and try to be something you're not. All right? Don't be like a studio gangster. Right? For real, some of y'all, you come from good backgrounds. Like, embrace that. Some of y'all come from good homes, good parents. You got two parents at the crib. Or you got your mom and your dad both involved in your life. Your mom pray with you. And you get out the house trying to act like, you feel me? I, look, I, like I told you, I'm from this side. You can look up my birth certificate. I went to school, too, in Detroit. You can look it up. I don't got to act like I'm hard. 
I don't got to act like I'm nothing. Like, I'm going to be who I am. I don't care how much money I got. I don't care how much fame I got. We all humans. Be who you are, bro. Whoever you are, wherever you come from. You come from the suburbs, you ain't got to claim like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you from the north side of Chicago, you ain't got to be you from the suburbs. You ain't got to be like, yo, I'm from, I'm from the west side. You ain't got to try to claim something you're not or be something you're not. Like, be comfortable in your own skin is what I'm trying to tell y'all. That's how I blew up. So I'm myself, bro, and I'm comfortable with myself. I'm about 5'10 with my shoes on. I'm comfortable. Dude, like, are you sure? I'm comfortable. Married 5'10". Been married 30 years 5'10". Two beautiful kids 5'10". I don't need to be 6'6". That's your life. I see dudes 6'10", I'm like, you wasting it. You bragging about you 6'8", you wasting the height. I'm using all my 5'10", bruh. I'm using all of it. Not to be funny, I ain't never got beat up. I use all my 5'10". I ain't been broke. I use all my 5'10". I use my mouth. I don't dream to be 5'10", 6'4". I love my life. Y'all got to start loving your life. And whether you make it to the league or not, you are not, you are not who you are because of the league. You are who you are because of who you are. And if you make it to the league, then the league is going to be blessed with your presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be comfortable on who you are. Be comfortable if y'all poor. If you come from a family right now that's broke, you use that, use that to your advantage. I use that to my advantage that I was a high school dropout, that I was homeless, that I ate out of trash can. I, I love dealing with a dude who think because he come from money, he better than me. Let's go. Let's go. You got money, but do you got that dog? Yeah, you got money, you got privilege, but do you got that dog? Do you got that stamina? So yeah, you might have something I don't have right now, but if I work hard, I can have what you have. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who, where you come from. My last name is Thomas. I represent my stepfather who stepped in my life because my old dude didn't want to be there. I represent him. I could change my name if I wanted to, but everywhere I go, I respect the man who came in for me when my father wasn't there for me. My mom was 17 years old. High school, they told her to get an abortion. I respect my mom for not getting an abortion, and so I respect the last name. Everywhere I go, I bring my mama pride. Everywhere I go, I bring my sister's pride. I bring my son's pride. Everywhere I go, I got kids, the decisions I make. My son has to deal with the decisions I make. My daughter has to deal with the decisions I make. Your mama and daddy and your family have to deal with the decisions you make. So tomorrow, you start training. Train like this, train like this. It's your life, not a game. Like, it's your life. Like, this the last opportunity. Now, for the utmost reports on sports of all sorts, let's join Richie Altman and Eugene Benton on Southern Sports Central.
Oh boy, oh boy, the final guest of the night getting that Ric Flair introduction with a ring and things and Hillcrest High School still on the clock and it's now time to bring in Mr. Thomas Snipes. Mr. Snipes, welcome to the show, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Can you hear me? All day long, my friend, man. Uh, how about that bling on your finger, man? Tell us a little about you, man. What year? How many years you've been wrestling? Break down who is the man behind the madness, as we know, is Thomas Snipes. <laughs> so I've been wrestling for a pretty long time. I've been wrestling since I can remember about eight years old. Um, definitely wasn't the first sport I played. I played football, baseball. Wrestling was actually the last sport I tried out. Um, just got on my football team, asked me to come out, and I was like, sure, man, sounds like fun. So I went out, uh, loved it, and did it ever since. But, uh, Definitely two guys that I owe my success to is definitely uh, Coach Rick Gilletic. He used to be my coach in uh, my freshman year, and definitely my coach, Espo, uh, of Hillcrest. Um, the two styles just blend really together really good, and I just adapted both styles and, you know, did something with it, I guess. Yeah, did a little something called a state championship bring. Now, you're the class of 22, is that right? Yes, sir. You graduate, you got another year. You're going to come back and, and, and try to go for another one. Is this your first state championship Absolutely. ring? I know you've been wrestling for a long time, but how many rings you got? So I'm going to have um, two individual ones. I won one last year. I won at 120. Um, I'm actually going to have four total for two for the team um, and two for individual. So that would be four, wow. but two individuals. Hey, that's pretty big, man. You got four fingers. You got four rings, man. If they made one for the thumb, you could get it next year because you're coming back for another year of Hillcrest wrestling. Uh, you get you actually opened the door. Good job there for opening the opportunity to talk about the individuals because, yes, you guys won the state championship uh, on one weekend, and if I'm not mistaken, educate me if I'm wrong. It's okay. It happens from time to time. But right after that, you went into the individual contact, right? I mean, that's what you guys went in. And you started wrestling, you know, on that individual level to go after another ring, huh? Absolutely. We actually had – so it was our dual team state title, right? And it was like the team and everything. We ended up winning, and it was great. But we couldn't celebrate because following Monday, we had a region tournament that we had to make up due to COVID. So right after our hmm. state run for a team, we turned around and just started our individual career – and ended that in about two weeks after we won our uh, dual state title. So, yeah, it was definitely ball was rolling. So we got three years, four rings, and a class of 22 young man that's joined us right now all the way from Fountain Inn. That's, of course, the high school Hillcrest where they ring. It always seems like it's, it's ring season and wrestling up there, man. What is it about Fountain Inn, man? Is it in the water? I mean, it does say Fountain Inn. Or is it over there? We're going to hit Anthony's Pizza. Tipsy Taco? I mean, what, what's in the water over there, man, that gets you guys winning all these rings, bro? i tell you exactly what. It's the culture at our school. So I went to Malden my freshman year, um, and, and it's just a bunch of soft kids in my opinion. There, there's, you know, Hillcrest, it's like humble beginnings, you know, like people, they, they want to go out and, and do good for themselves. And it's even upgraded in our program. It's ingrained in our heads that not only do we need to succeed on the wrestling mat, but we need to succeed in life. So definitely thanks to our coaches 
for implementing a really good program upon us who definitely just just guide us in every way possible. Yeah, we want to thank uh, Coach, uh, Coach Anthony Esposito, who's given us the headlines of where we need to eat when we come to town over there as we give some, uh, some love to the Tipsy Taco and Anthony's Pizza. What's your favorite place to eat, man? And, again, I ask you this question because you guys, it's a sport. Anything that you got to starve yourself in, man, you guys ought to get championship <laughs> rings for that alone, okay? And that's what you do during wrestling season. you got to cut weight, make weight, do weight. Look, it's crazy. But when the season was Absolutely. over just about a week or so ago, what was the first place you couldn't wait to go sit down and get something to eat at? Oh, man. There was so many places. <laughs> Let me think for a second. I definitely went out and got an ice cream that night at, like, midnight. I think I went to cookout. <laughs> uh, it was definitely that night, yeah. Um, but I definitely wanted to go. We, Me and my family have this thing every year that if I win – They'll, they take me out to eat, and uh, I can't. We haven't done it yet because we had to go to vacation, but we're still going to go to Hall's Chop House. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of that restaurant. It's basically a really, really good restaurant, a steakhouse down in Greenville. Very, very good. My favorite restaurant ever. Well, when you come to Charleston or Somerville, we've got two of them. So you let me know when you're coming down, and mom and dad can take all of us out. I'm cool with that. I'm good with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And you had to go on vacation. What sacrifice? <laughs> you had to sacrifice your you had to sacrifice Thomas. your dinner to go on a vacation. Man, that had to be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, th- this is Eugene Thomas. I- I- I'm banging on the glass here. Uh, so Richie just said that uh, your mom and dad could take us all out the halls. Knowing that Richie has a private room <laughs> and uh, is good friends with Billy Hall, who I went to college with, um, at Mississippi State, and uh, so now, man, you guys come down here. We'll, we'll find a dessert or something for you guys. Uh, but, yeah, don't let Richie fool you, man. He's got a private room at Hall's Shop House. <laughs> nice. That'd be great. Oh, man. <laughs> I tell you, man, watch it what you guys do, though. And I, and I had your teammate on here earlier with us, uh, of course, uh, to get in here with Ian, and, and he has so much going through his mind and, and, and his story. And listening to your – I don't like to call it a story. I like to call it a testimony because we, we do that big thing over here. Now, for me, to hear what you guys go through, and I ask them the same thing. You know, when you're walking around and they're getting ready to call your weight class because you're about to get in there and, and lay the smack down if you were the rock or, or whatever it is that you go through, <laughs> what, what song are you listening to? Are you listening to something like ACDC or are you ever listening to some of that, the, that love music, that lay down, cool yourself down, wind beneath my wings, man? What, what's your jam? So my jam is definitely rock music, definitely with the ACDC and Metallica. I'm a huge rock fan. <laughs> I love, like, bands like Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Metallica, ACDC. You know, rock that keeps me going, heavy guitar. So that's definitely my go-to. I love it. No doubt about it. We're going to keep this young man on the, on the phone with us here all the way from Fountain Inn, Hillcrest High School. is where the bus has been there for almost an hour now. We may have to move soon. We don't have to pay some property taxes up there, Eugene, but we do have with us Thomas Snipes. Man, with a name like Snipes, brother, you got to be a good wrestler. Eugene likes to ask this question, but I'm going to beat him to it. What is your signature move, and what do you call it? <laughs> uh, let me think about that one. Jeez. Uh, I like to do a, uh, you know, I like to get to the guy's legs, obviously, and uh hmm. You know, so I like to pick them up, double them off uh, across the mat. Basically like a big football tackle, you know, in, in simple terms. Right. 
And uh, what I used to call that growing up was WWE. It's called a power drive, right? Or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Some Captain Insano yeah. stuff going on over there, Eugene. This guy is just slamming bodies. Well, the bodies to the floor. The rings come out. He doesn't know. We speak. We speak the wrestling language here, man. I mean, you know, we 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 associate and hang out with Coach Tucker at Somerville, a guy that he just beat in the state championship. Uh, and, and half of our show is either credited to uh, some form of WWE or NWO. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we kind of speak the same language, man, but our version of the pile driver probably goes back a little bit further, maybe before you were born. We're a little bit older than you, but we feel you, brother. Yeah, we were kicking dudes <laughs> off the trampolines in our days, man. That, that, it was real life here when we were growing up, man. It's, it's a little different ball game for you guys. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had a young man, and I didn't ask your teammate this. Was it you guys that had one of your young men that got injured during the match? Yeah, Jace, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah, I was sitting first row. It was definitely awful. So, what what we have in wrestling is called a mat return. Basically, when a guy stands up, you want to put him back on the mat. And Jace was on the bottom position and stood up and got mat returned. And he put his arm out to brace for his body. And he accidentally locked his elbow, which you, you're not really supposed to do in wrestling because it puts all the pressure on his forearm. And his forearm just absolutely snapped in half, like a clean break. And, like, his arm, I kid you not, I thought, it, like, it looked like a Z. And, like, it was one of those things where everyone had to look away and was like, ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I saw it. I watched it, yeah. It was ooh for sure. Now, I wasn't was in awful. the front row other than my couch, but it was definitely – I was – Socially distanced all the way down here in Charleston from you guys, but man, that was that was that was wild. But you know what I did like in, in watching this one? You know, when I looked at it, Thomas was watching the Somerville guys walk over and, and 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 give that guy a little bit of love. I thought there was a lot of class between two great programs and you guys in Somerville. Even at the end, I watched. I, I think it was one of the final matches where one of the young one of your guys, and it might have been you to be honest with you. I want to think it's you, but maybe not. But either way. You won that match, and you and the the gentleman from Somerville was brokenhearted, and and that your teammate or you walked over to him, put your arms around him, and walked him to his coach and said some fine words. I, I, total class from your part, guys. I thought that you guys you guys win like champions, and, and I'm really proud of the way that you guys handled yourself in between the match and during the match and after the match. Yeah, I mean that was definitely me. I remember the whole thing. It was a it was a whole story. Um, so I, I was going on to the mat, and then, I, you know, I knew my outcomes. I knew what I'm capable of. So, you know, if I was that kid after losing like that, I mean, he's obviously going to think that he lost for, like, his – like, he lost the whole team, you know? Like, the whole loss right. was on him. And I wanted to just give him a brief moment of conversation and tell him, like, hey, it's not your fault. Like, when I was growing up and – High school, like, I've had moments where it was up to me and I lost. Like, mm. you, you can't put the team's loss upon you. And I just wanted to clarify that because I would have felt awful, you know. So I, 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 just, I just felt his, his, his hurt, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense, man. And I'm going to be honest with you. Again, I'm telling you, I sat here and, uh, you know, I was drinking my water and, and eating my popcorn and enjoying you guys wrestle and, and, and I watched you pin, because you were the final pin. You were the pin that won the match, because you forfeited your last one, because it was kind of a no reason to, to do it, because of the fact that you guys, that was the one that got you guys six points, I believe, ahead of 
Somerville going to that last match. All they could have really gotten was three out of you guys. You know, and I watched him get up, and, man, it was it was almost like he was told Christmas ain't coming and the dogs left, and it ain't looking good. Man, this young man was breaking down, and I know him personally because we're, you know, I was part of Somerville's athletic uh, group with about 14 to 12 years. But to watch the way, young man, that you walked over, you put your arm around him, I saw you talking to him, and, and, and I looked at, you know, my buddy that was here watching it with me. I said, that kid right there, I don't know what year he is, but – he is going to do great things after high school and after college because, young man, that is exactly the character that, that you want to see out of your teammates, that you want to see of the guys that do what we do. We want to see what you just did, man, because if there was ever a character award, and by the way, Eugene, maybe we hand this kid that one now and we send it to him in the mail, a shirt or something. But, brother, that was the best character I had seen in a long, long time. And I hope that you look back at that moment and you're proud of yourself. And I know your parents ought to be super proud of you, man, because that was, that was a moment that I was proud to say that, you know what, that kid right there, he represents the state of South Carolina in fashion. Hey man, I really appreciate that. There's really nice kind words. You know, my mom always taught me to be kind, uh, not just nice, be kind. And I thought that was a kind act. I even found him on social media and I made sure, cause I didn't really get in what I wanted to say to him in that brief couple of sure. seconds. Um, but I, I messaged him and he ended up message, messaging me back. And, you know, I wanted to talk to him cause I think he's a younger kid. I think he's a freshman or a sophomore, sure. but I wanted, I feel like I could give him some words. I would have appreciated some words if I was him. So I definitely feel like some encouraging words would have, would have helped him. And, you know, I just, I just felt like he needed some help on that. Well, brother, I tell you what, I can brag about your three years and your four rings and doing the things as you're part of that class of 22, brother. But that one right there, I echoed, I bragged about you. And, and, and this is how the Lord above works, man. I told somebody that I would love, I would, would I, it would be an honor to have this young man on my show. And here is God putting this thing together. And, and I tell you what, man, it, it is something that your coaches, I know, are proud of you. Your mom, I'd be super proud of you. I mean, they ought to – heck, you come down here, I'm going to take you to Hall's Chop House. How about that? You just let me know when you're down here. Because that right there is, is why I do what I do, young man. You are the reason that I promote and educate and entertain our listeners with guys like you, man. So on behalf of myself and, and everybody who, who has ever played a sport, thank you for being the guy that, that showed how you do it, how you win with pride and how you win – being humble, man, that was a very humble moment, and I'm just real proud of you because you could have jumped up and down and had that Kurt Angle moment in the ring and been done with it, man, but you didn't. You took yourself out of it. You put your arms around that young man, and you walked into his coach, and I thought that was very special. And, Eugene, I want you to chime in a little bit here too, bud. I appreciate it, man. I'm truly humbled to even hold that position. You know, I mean, I'm always trying to be humble. I'm always trying to, you know, put others before myself. I mean, what are you Because if you don't, you know, your your ego is just going to be messed up and no one's really going to like you. It's about putting yourself before others. It's about, you know, just looking up to God and thanking him for your abilities, you know. You'll always be humble if you do that. Yeah, I agree, man. It's going to be tough, you know, because, you know, in a competition, in a physical battle, you know, you want to beat your opponent. That's how you win. That's how you progress. That's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they count runs, they count points, they count you know, uh, things like that to determine who won the match. So for the whole time, you know, between those periods, you know, you're trying to beat this person to be able to just flip it off and become almost, you know, from that warrior to that, you know, just caring human being 
it's pretty cool to see someone like like you be able to do that because you're such a warrior. You're such a you're so battle tested. But then it's all of a sudden like boom. Okay, I won. Let me help this guy. And, and that was that's really cool to see, man. You know, a lot there are a lot of people who are a lot lot older than you that aren't as mature as you and, and able to to do that kind of you know and show that kind of compassion especially in, in a competitive environment so heads off to you your parents your coaches everyone your teachers all those folks um you know that have poured so much into you but at the end of the day at, at someone who's i imagine you're you're 16 17 years old you know a lot of the decision making uh is on you and how you act is on you no matter what your parents say uh, a lot of it, you know, at this point, you know, you're a young adult. And for you to be able to do that, it, it, it's very um, – it's actually for us, it's inspirational to know that a lot of people write off the youth and say, you know, everybody's so into their social media and selfish. When we see somebody like you, it gives us hope that our future is very, very bright. So on behalf of all of us, we do want to say thank you. We appreciate and we actually admire you for your courage, ability, compassion as well in the sport and sportsmanship and uh definitely we'll find a way to hook you up uh if you come down low country we'll get you over to halls at one of them either downtown or at nexton uh i did tag billy in the uh billy hall in the um one of the uh twitter there earlier so maybe we can get you something up at greenville absolutely i appreciate that man definitely like i said before i'm just truly humbled to even hold that position um but, yeah, man, I appreciate your kind words. It means a lot to me and my family, and it just means a lot for our program. I appreciate it, man. Well, brother, I want to say on behalf of Eugene, myself, all of our staff here at, of course, uh, Southern Sports Central, uh, keep doing what you're doing, brother. You're setting the tone. You're doing it the right way, and, and great things are going to come out of what you're doing because you're doing it the way you're doing it, man. So, again, congratulations on just a couple more things called rings, and that's what you're doing with four of them now in, in, in three years. you got one more year to come back, so we got you for another year. We're super excited for that. Now, are you doing anything right now? That you're, are you done with your, with your sports in 2021? Are you going to do uh, football? Uh, is it just a one-sport thing? What do you got going on going forward? Actually, um, last year I was going to get into uh, boxing, but uh, coronavirus hit, and I, I was not able to join a gym. And now I'm obviously training wrestling. I'm going to get ready for a national tournament. But this summer, I'm going to join a boxing gym and learn the technique to be a boxer, too, because it'll help with wrestling with your footwork and cardio. It uses all the same muscles, so I feel like it would just help my game of wrestling. Well, brother, you keep helping us. And anything we can do to help you, we're here. We appreciate you, man. Again, uh, Eugene and I will get you some information here off the air. But uh, congratulations again to you, your team. Uh, give uh, your, your young man that uh, went through that tough uh, break there uh, a big hug for us and uh, know that we're here for you guys, man. This is definitely the year. 2021 is the year for the athlete. You guys are making the most of it, buddy. God bless. Take care. And, uh, again, congratulations. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. You know, just re- really love being on here. Y'all got a really good radio show. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> You got it, buddy. God bless you. Take care, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, man. See you guys. All right, there you go. With a name like Snipes, you got to be big. You got to go good, and you got to court. That's a perfect name, by the way, uh, for wrestling. I mean, you know, you always hear Sniper. You know, if if you see somebody in the outfield at a baseball game drop down or 
you just see, uh, you know, certain things. But, uh, again, there's just certain things uh, that you see in young men. And, again, Eugene, I didn't even think you share – I didn't share this story with you, man, because when that young man literally picked up that Somerville wrestler who, by the way, looked just awful. I felt – I just felt so bad for him. And that's the thing that people don't understand. When you do what we do, we know kids on both sides. We know the kids that are winning the rings, and we know the kids that are just a bit short from winning the rings. So we see the celebration, but we also see the tears. And, and it's a very tough place for us because they're all our kids. This state – of South Carolina athletes or, or our athletes. You know, I built this program. I built this foundation, you know, many years back. I've had a blessing of amount of great individuals from multiple states. You know, Darnisha Williams, Alan Williams, she comes in, and or Jackson, excuse me. She comes in, and she did it with me for two to two and a half years. Clemson Tom was in here with me for a long time. Other individuals have come in here. Eugene is now right at about a year. I think we're about a year – uh, one-year anniversary, so we just got to figure out, Eugene, that day so we can take you out to dinner, by the way, man, because you've done an incredible job. You know, we've uh, embraced a lot of partnerships. Of course, we work well with the South Carolina High School Blitz. They've got a camp coming up in May in Somerville. They announced their coaches, by the way, and uh, that's a big thing is uh, the North, the uh, the Junior Bowl is going to be taking place um, uh, very soon, but they do have, by the way, they do, Eugene, and you and I talked about this, and I've, we've been communicating with the Blitz here as, uh, you know, right now we're just trying to upgrade as much as we can with some equipment things and do some things. But, uh, you know, they did release uh, their information out on uh, their newest additions to the Junior Bowl, right? The Junior Bowl is uh, going to be taking place uh, after the season is all said and done. But they did go out and uh, welcome into the family the coach, I believe, for the West uh, – excuse me, for the upstate. That's Westwood football's head football coach, of course, coming in here, Coach Quinn. And then uh, for the – Team in the lower state, out of way right here in our backyard, Somerville. How about this one? Ian Rafferty is going to be taking over that team. So that's going to be a lot of exciting things. And I just wonder where they're going to have this game. I believe. I got a feeling I know where. But, of course, Ian, I know personally, uh, he played uh, his days at Somerville. He uh, then went to NC State. He then went for the NFL. Then he came home and he went over to uh, Coach Steve LaFrad, where he did some incredible things, won some state championships and things, and had some great players along the way and here he is back home in his hometown Somerville doing some big things so we're excited that we've got a couple of coaches named and now he'll be able to go out and and get other coaches in in the lower state in the upper state depends on which coach is where and then they'll start picking their ball players out and it's going to be all happening pretty fast but if you're listening and you're a football player I encourage you to make sure you're visiting these camps because this is when they see you all right I know Somerville is hosting the one coming up in May, I think May 8th is the date. Uh, it will be at Somerville High School in the field behind the high school, actually, right? And that's going to be at the practice field, also where they run track and play soccer and some things. But uh, that will be where the camp will be at. So you want to make sure that you're part of these things, all right? It, it's no different than some of these other combines. If you want to make the North-South game or you want to make the Shrine Bowl, you have to be a part of certain things. All right? There's some other camps that we'll be a part of as well. Well, looks like we've about wrapped it up here tonight. I do want to thank Caleb Haven, state champion all the way from North Central, the head football coach, athletic director from Myrtle Beach Prep, Coach Williams. 7.30's guest was the head coach, athletic director from Pillion. That is Coach Holland. We just heard as we were on the campus at Hillcrest with Mr. Thomas Snipes and Ian McKnight. All of these guys have multiple rings and things. We've got 30 seconds, Eugene, but a great show and a great job over there on the World Wide Web, my friend. 
Yeah, thanks, Ricky. And, uh, you know, it's Thursday night. Uh, we're back on the air Monday. we got a big-time show coming up. We're going to start out this time with two state champion wrestlers over at uh, Crescent High School. Then we'll have a big-time running back out of Gaffney, an elite 11 quarterback at a great collegiate. And we'll cap off tonight over at Malden High School with Coach Neesmith at 8 p.m. So Monday's already locked and loaded. So it's the following Wednesday, and the next Monday is already picking up. So if you got ballers, coaches, athletic directors, uh, want to join in, principals, we like you guys and ladies too. Uh, athletes, doors open. We're here for you. Hit us up. Get on the show. We'll talk to you Monday. Hi, right, guys. On behalf of all of us, all of you, have a great weekend. Don't forget tomorrow morning, it is Sports Unlimited. Brandon Biscoving out of our Myrtle Beach studios, kicking off tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, right here on Southern Sports Central, guys. God bless. Take care. We'll see you Monday right here on Southern Sports Central, guys. Country roads. All my memories. They gather around her. A miner's lady. A stranger to the water. So I'll go dark and dusty. Yet I know. Painted on the sky. I'm missing you.